The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and God damn, it's early, but I'll tell you what wakes me up in the morning. A little bit of coffee, a little bit of shit. Clean out the bowels and get ready for the day. And here we are. It's 9 a.m. on the East Coast. It's 8 a.m. in the Plains, and I'm not sure what time it is in the UK, but coming to you from Shrewsbury, we have an incredible guest for you today. Can't wait to hear his wonderful stories about life in the service industry, but as you always know, I need to bring in the one, the only, the co-host that drives me crazy, and somehow I still love him. He looks like crap today, and he told he told me to say that. Okay, I think he's beautiful always, but he's protesting that he swore he was going to put a bag over his head, or we can't even release this episode. It's Michael Windsor. Oh God! Number one, I didn't tell you to say that. Now you make me sound like I'm vain, and I look like shit. So, but yeah, I, I you just. Are vain. My, my, phone, my phone <laughs> tied on the charger, so I look like hell right now. Kempo, I know we're not, we haven't introduced him yet. Whoa, but, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, we I'm sorry. We may, this, all right, yep. It, how are you doing, Steve? It's a beautiful morning. Another day, another opportunity to go out and make this world something better for everyone. Wow. Wow. Is this what you're like in the morning? I usually don't see you this time of day. I see you once uh, the world has already beaten you down and you've given up. But yeah, I see you here with your coffee. You seem inspired. And you're ready for another wonderful edition of the Bartender Rant Podcast. That's so hopefully right. that that, right. that cheery demeanor carries us through uh, to glory today. Mike, what is new with you, buddy? Uh, dude, we just recorded an episode like a couple nights ago, and I didn't have anything then. So I'm, I'm actually curious. Is there any updates on uh, your uh, legal situation, litigation, the lawsuit? Uh, which one? Me, me suing people? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. you suing people. Are there any updates on that? Because I've been, I've actually yeah, genuinely I, been thinking about that. <laughs> I have a separate legal situation that we're not really talking about right now on the show, but that's 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 a story for another time. So yes, I for the very first time in my life, if you guys haven't uh, listened to the previous episode where we talked about this, I am suing someone, and it's very exciting. I've always mm-hmm. wanted to sue somebody. I think just the idea of being wronged and like jokingly saying, "I'm going to sue you." it's it's romantic to me in some way and so i'm taking these uh these people to court and i am suing them for money that they owe me um and uh yeah i can give you a quick update so uh, originally when i filed um the suit in civil court here in baltimore um they give you options of how you can serve those people right like service of process so if you've ever seen the movie pineapple express it's the job that that um, Seth uh, Rogen does in that movie. Now, I, for those that might you're a, be, you're a, lit- you're a process servant, or <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, the, for those that might be laymen in the law, <clears throat> service of process is done a number of different ways. The primary way is that you submit your claim to the court. The court then mails out a notice to the potential defendant. Right. The problem with that. Uh, method is if it's an incorrect address or if the person just ignores it 
and throws it in the trash and lights it on fire, there, there really is no recourse, right? Like the only way that works, that form works, is if that person goes, I'm being sued. This is not good. I'm going to file the notice as well, and I'm going <laughs> to appear in court. But, but a lot of people, yeah, you know, a lot of people uh, don't, don't take it that personally or that professionally. So <clears throat> what most people do is they will hire a service of process company. So you file with the court. You tell the court, hey, I'm going to hire this company. They're going to serve them. And basically, you get yourself a Seth Rogen, and you pay X number of dollars for them to hunt down this person either at their job or at their house and, and serve them. But there's a third option. And option number three is the one I opted for. Option number three is that if you pay $60 when you file, the sheriff will show up in <laughs> uniform in a marked fucking car and deliver service of process to their house or their job. And frankly, the runaround that these people have already given me, the burden on my financial situation that I've gone through, do, am I feeling a bit spiteful? You're goddamn right I am, okay? I also don't really trust some weed-smoking high school girl dating Seth Rogen to deliver this important document. So <laughs> I hired the sheriff, and uh, I've, uh, I've been eagerly like, a, like um, almost a, a kid who writes to a pen pal in Shrewsbury, England waiting for a letter in the mail, a notice from the court to tell me that the sheriff has exacted justice. I'm and surprised, delivered I'm surprised you're document. not waiting outside of their domicile right now, just peeking around a tree waiting for the sheriff to show up. That doesn't sound legal. I've thought about it, though. I was thinking about putting up one of those hunting cameras on, like, a tree in their neighborhood just so I could, so I, so I could capture the video and masturbate to it later. Because oh I'll tell you what, there's something about, there's something about uh, vindication that is a powerful, powerful emotion for me. It really is. It really, really is. My but goodness. anyway, that's what's new. I'll keep you guys updated on it. We're just right now, what we're waiting for is the notice that they've been served by the court. Um, but I... I God, the look on their face when that knock at the door and there's a big shiny badge and some dude named like Officer Mixon or something. Yeah. He's, wearing, he's, he's wearing like a Stetson cowboy hat, even though it's oh, Baltimore. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do have him in, even though he's not a state trooper, I do have him with the state trooper pants, you know, with those weird bevels on the hips. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't even know what those are called. Or you, what, you, what have, you have masturbated to this, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, it, you know, listen. I'll tell you what, the chickens are coming home to roost. All right. Um, all right, guys, as we always say, thank you. We love you out there, Barflies, and we love you out there. Even if you're just a first-time listener, the reason we do this show is because you guys keep coming back. You keep helping us build this community, and you keep encouraging us to go find you great bartenders with great stories. We could not do this show if we didn't have that encouragement. You know, Mike and I toil in our own day jobs, this is not how we make our money, but this is something we're passionate about. And if you can keep helping us grow this community, we're going to keep giving you and a great, great show. Yeah, we're going to keep hunting down local bartenders coast yeah. to coast. This is like one of the only things I actually enjoy doing in my normal life. So thank you guys wow. for listening long because it, wow. it means a lot. It means a lot. They, so. You guys can see the burdens of the day starting to weigh upon Michael. <laughs> um no, seriously, guys, if you do want to get more involved with the show, please listen to the outro. We put a lot of really cool stuff in there, different ways you can get involved. 
um, cool ways you can rep the show, cool ways that you can exercise your own passions. If you're artistic, if you are a bartender yourself and you just need an outlet, you got the bartender rant, uh, you know, the, the, uh, sorry, the BRP hotline. The suggestion box. I just had an absolute brain fire. (laughs) The suggestion box. Thank you, Michael. Four, two, three, (laughs) P-O-D-R-A-N-T. Go rant a little bit. So please listen to the outro. Check out some of those cool things that we're doing. Be part of this wonderful community. Become a barfly. Become an executive producer. And help us take this show to the motherfucking moon. All right. Lastly, before we get into this wonderful episode, um, we do have a quick disclaimer. This particular industry, the, the bar business, and just any tip professions where we're working in service of others really weighs on your mental health. It's long hours. It's a lot of human capital and emotional capital we're expending. And I know, you know, from personal experience, that a lot of us self-medicate. We're not taking care of ourselves. We're not open about our mental health. And that's a stigma that we really, um, we're passionate about trying to be a, a small part of changing. So if you're out there and you're struggling, please reach out to us. Shoot us a DM, shoot us an email. We are not professional counselors, but we are here to listen. And we would love to chat with you. We would love to just be a friend. Um, to talk through some of the things you're going through because Mike and I have been through a lot of those same issues. Um, if you do need a professional resource, you're really struggling, at the end of the show, Mike always provides a hotline that you can call um, and, and get yourself some help. Guys, we want you to come back and enjoy these episodes with us, have a ton of fun with us, but you cannot do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So please seek out those resources because the world is a much more interesting place with you in it. Um, anything else, my friend, before we Beautiful. get into the show, uh, just masturbating to sheriffs and shitting and it's just lovely. Great, just great job, Steve. Let's, let's get lovely. Into it. I'm excited. Well, I, I was masturbating to the vindication, but that's neither here. Nor <laughs> uh-huh, we'll talk about sure. that. Another time. <laughs> All right, I, I need you to be ready with the banners. Are you ready, Michael? Yes. Well, fantastic. We have We're not releasing the video guest. for this anyway, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> we have a wonderful guest for you. We have Kempo all the way from Shrewsbury, England, and he has brought with us a beautiful, beautiful cocktail called The White Lady. Here we go. Kempo, how are you today, my friend? I'm good. Hi. How are you? So good. good. Thank so you for great. joining us again. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna make it work for some, I think. Well, Damn straight. We we got to give the people a little context because uh, Kemp, so Kempo, just like our last guest, uh, Midtown Chad Brown, you reached out to us, fan of the show, and you knew you could handle the gauntlet, so uh, you reached out to us. But we already tried to record with Kempo. Steve and I are idiots, and we didn't take into consideration the vast time difference between us and Kempo, who's in the UK. Uh, then I got stuck at work. We were running an hour and a half behind and we're and surprise, looking surprise. We also had some microphone issues. <laughs> we, yeah. And so we're getting everything set up and we're like, well, well, what time is it there? And he's like, oh, it's one thirty. And this man has a job, a wife and a baby. And we're like, oh, like maybe we need to reschedule this. Also, so- Mike and I have done 60 episodes of the show and we know that it's, you know, no ma- despite our best efforts, it's going to go two and a half to three hours. Right. Just with all the other little loads of bullshit that come along with it. And the idea of Kempo starting the show at 1.30 did not seem like a, a winning formula for what we were trying but to do. He was still re- he was still willing to go. He was ready to rock and roll. No complaints from this man. So Kempo, thank you so much. Really appreciate your patience. We appreciate you coming back on. 
Absolutely. Uh, fine, guys. That's absolutely grand. What did yes. you what did and, you uh, what did you end up telling the wife when you got home that night? Well she was actually completely out, so I went to the next morning and I said, Yeah, it went so well. They they've asked me to come back and do like a bonus episode on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. That's smart thinking right there. Um, well, I, I'm so excited to hear more about your bar career and I'm so excited to hear more about this drink because the other night while we were getting ready, I made myself a couple of them and they were delicious. So um, really excited to for you to share that drink with us and teach the people how to make it. But before we do, before we get into the drink history, um, Mike already alluded to the fact that you kind of found us, right? You know, a lot of the, a lot of the bartenders we reach out to, we are up in their DMs, we're bugging them, we are begging them to get on the show. With you and down to, uh, Midtown Chad Brown, you guys said, "Hey, like what you're doing, would love to be on. I'm not afraid of the fucking gauntlet. <laughs> Let's do it." So, tell us a little bit how how'd you find our show? How, you know, what's the interest of coming on? Um, so. I can't honestly can't remember how how I came across the show. I might have just been scrolling through Spotify and trying to find something new to listen to. Um, listen to the first episodes with the volume turned up as loud as it would fucking go because your audio. Is <laughs> Come on, Kimbo. So sh- it's too early in the morning for these kind of insults, my man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's, I, I listened to that first episode and then that just got me hooked. And I just was listening more and more and more and found you guys on Instagram and I thought, fuck it, I'll ask these guys if they want some. Uh, some international content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we do. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're, you're, you're a bartender abroad, please, please DM us, man. Slide up in there. Um, we will make it happen. Uh, that's awesome, dude. And I really appreciate that. It's cool that we're starting to kind of, you know, we're kind of getting to that point where we maybe just have enough episodes, you know, enough content out there that we're becoming easier to find. Mm-hmm. I think when we first saw you, uh, on on Instagram, my thought was, "Oh, this got to be like a friend of Amy Ward's, right? Another UK listener." Or yeah, yeah, you're, you're in the, you're in the UK. Like you you know Amy, of course, right? Everyone yeah, you know everybody else yeah, in the UK, right? Such a small place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're and and we talked a little bit the other day. You're originally from Ireland, right? Yes, that's right. Right, so Ireland by way to us of of Shrewsbury. Um, yeah. So and I'm I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of that in your in your service industry journey. But let's talk now about the strength. So it's called the White Lady. I understand it's a bit of a kind of a riff on a Tom Collins, but you tell the people a little bit why you picked this drink, why you like it, how to make it. Okay, um, so I love making it. It's it is a classic. It's been around for hundred years. Um, it was mentioned in Savoy cocktail book. It started off instead of uh, instead of gin, they used creme de menthe, and it was originated in um, Harry's New York bar in Paris, and it was only there that they changed it to gin. Uh, it's it's just it's, it's just a great drink. I've always loved it, and it wasn't my first choice or my second or my third. I scrolled okay. I, scr- I scrolled through Spot- Spotify playlist and wanted to find a drink that you guys hadn't had on yet. I like that. I appreciate that as well. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, were worried when we started the show that we would just have like twelve straight right episodes yeah. of old fashions. You know, <laughs> that was my first choice. <laughs> okay, I was gonna ask. Very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was gonna do an old fashioned, and I fought Negroni, but I seen that you had a white Negroni on there somewhere. Then I was going to do Ferna Branca, but that was quite one of the more recent ones, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Kib and Cha. Yeah. Um, and then I searched White Lady. It didn't come up. And I thought, oh, fuck it. That's what I'm having. That's, that's nice. going to be a great I, love, I appreciate that. And 
you know, of course, it would have been fine if you would have brought any of those drinks on. But like Steve said, I appreciate your profile and something a little different because I always yeah, I like the, fun for the listeners. I yeah, like exactly. the different drink histories and profiling the different drinks. So. So so do me a favor. Tell the people um, each of the parts with measurements and then let's talk about how you put yours together. You know, the process, whether it's stirring, shaking, yeah. what glassware, you know, how, how you do that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I've seen it served in a rocks glass and on rocks before, but the standard, the classic one I've always went for is just um, up in a coupe glass. Yeah. Uh, you can use any gin, any London dry gin. I'm going to be using beef feeder just because it's a nice all-rounder and it's good, enough, good on the wallet. Um, so it's gin, triple sec, uh, fresh lemon juice, egg white, and a very, very small amount of sugar just to sort of bring it all together. Uh, measurements I'll be using... I think I, told, I sent it to you in ounces. I worked that out. Um, <laughs> okay. No, no, do them in milliliters. That's yeah, fine. Super. Um, so, Make, uh, <laughs> Campo, Campo, listen, we're giving yeah. these motherfuckers free content and free bartending training, okay? Yeah, they can do the fucking conversion. <laughs> I love, okay? I love, uh, I love the, the, all the memes online that are like, uh, alligator the size of Ariana Grande, you know, pulled out of Florida basement or something. It's like, Americans will use any measurement except the metric system, you know, that kind of thing. I saw one, it was like, it was like, it literally said large boulder the size of small boulder. <laughs> I, I honestly hate that we don't use the metric system because the metric it's system annoying. just, it's just so easy. It just all makes so yeah. sense, you know. One to ten. Yeah. That's it. And like, yeah, what do you do for an ounce if you want liters? It's just, it's just yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so fucking annoying. But yeah, so I'll be doing um, 45 mil of gin. Probably about an ounce and a half for you. Uh, 22.5 triple sec, uh, 22.5 of lemon, and 10 mil of uh, simple syrup. Just a one-to-one -one ratio, a nice easy one. And one egg wet. Awesome. It's going to awesome. be dry shake, then wet shake. And I was going to fine strain it, but I've lost my fine strainer, so it's just going to be single train. But fuck it, it's only for me. Yeah. I actually, so I did one double strained. The other day, yeah. I did. Uh, um, I always forget what that first strainer is called. You got the it's, it's Hawthorne. Hawthorne, thank you. Yeah. Um, I always want to call it something else, but um, I think I think many times I I mistakenly name it after the airport in London. I call it the heat the Heathrow <laughs> instead of the Hawthorne. It's just a it's just a broken piece of my brain. But anyway, I double strained the first one the other day, um, and it came out great. But I actually liked it a little bit thicker. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I liked it a little bit frothier. So yeah. the second one, just, just the Hawthorne. And I really enjoyed that. Um, do you garnish it with anything in particular? Cause uh, I was thinking what would be a, maybe a, maybe a, a, slice a lemon, lemon wedge or. Um, so when I've done it in bars before, uh, just two or three edible flowers, just oh, okay. a couple of edible flowers on top to make it look pretty. You can do a yeah. lemon twist. So you can do some Angostura bitters on top. Ooh, to give it some color. Yeah, that'd be, exactly. Yeah, that'd be really yeah. nice. Yeah. Okay. So what I want you to do now is uh, why don't you make one up for the people here? And uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to share some facts about Beefeater. Um, we've profiled a ton of different gins on the show, um, but we have not really talked about Beefeater. This is considered the London standard gin, the one that kind of started it all from commercial production uh, standpoint. Um, and, you know, we could talk a lot about the distillery, but what I really want to talk about today is the famous bottle, the logo, and the moniker of Beefeater. So if you've ever seen a bottle, it has that 
that beautiful logo of the of the king's guard, the royal guard, which were called yeoman warders. You know that red uh, breasted uh, kind of suit, kind of that weird almost uh, regalia that that particular soldier wears in a marching pose on the front of the bottle. So I kind of thought that was interesting. Why are they called beef eaters? Why does this gin pay homage to that? So here are some of the facts that I found specifically about the yeoman warders. Um, their nickname became beef eaters. And the reason why is because they were like the best treated soldiers anywhere in the military in the UK, right? They were guarding the, the crown jewels. They were actually the personal bodyguards of the royals. And so these particular soldiers were fed massive rations of beef. They literally ate like kings and queens, right? So they were, it, it kind of became a derogatory term of common folk to call them beef yeah, eaters. But then beef over time, <laughs> uh, it's beef eater. But it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of over time. It's like uh, you're almost insulting somebody for driving around in a Mercedes. You're like, <laughs> you eat so good. You're well fed, right? Like, yeah, you got me, buddy. Yeah. So the beef eater moniker has now kind of almost become this uh, ingest compliment. Um, I was also interested just about like the history of these yeoman warders and um, just a, a, a couple fun facts about them. They were originally formed by Henry the seventh in 1485. Think about that. This is a, you know, a branch of, of the military, a branch of uh, the Royal guard that has been around. Oh. Listen to that wet shake. Yeah. Um, this is a branch of the Royal Guard that has been around for over 500 years, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, the warders originally, uh, um, like I said, were, were used to guard the crown jewels, but eventually became bodyguards for the royals. In 2007, the beef eaters took on their very first ever female beef eater. Her name was Moira Cameron. And she uh, specifically was tasked in guarding some of the crown jewels. Um, there have been beef eaters that uh, have gotten in trouble over the years for, you know, just like any other, you know, uh, any other military person and kicked out. So you can be voted out and you can be tribunaled out of the beef eaters. Um, and currently at this moment in time, there are 37 active beef eaters. So it's a very exclusive exclusive group um you think of it in in our military almost as the secret service that guards the president um very small knit group of elite elite guards uh they still wear these crazy outfits who don't seem super functional to me but um definitely in keeping with the aura of the british royalty um so i just found that kind of cool well, why don't we pour why don't we pour up our white ladies I'm sorry. Yeah, I've, I just have coffee this morning. It's nine in the morning over here. God, that's gorgeous. That is gorgeous. Did you, and did you also, ever get? Did you ever get the lady to give it a give it a taste? Uh, so she has this thing about her, and I love her to death. But she has this thing about her where she has such a powerful brain. If her brain is telling her something, no matter what she knows, she can't get over it. So, for example, she loves drinking. Why she hasn't broken life. up with you yet? 
He loves drinks with egg whites. We have a cocktail bar here called Bluebird, and one of their uh, house drinks is uh, called a dandelion, and they put fresh egg whites in it. But she doesn't see them put fresh egg whites in it, right? So it's fine, right? But her, she has this weird thing. So she'll drink. She'll drink that one, is what you're saying. <laughs> she has no problem. She has no problem with raw eggs if you. She doesn't know that they're in the drink. She didn't believe me that oxidation, that the egg went through oxidation, the shaking process. So it was just, it was one of these things that the second that she saw me put the raw egg in, she was out. There was no convincing her brain. Even though, even though I literally sat down and said, look up the science, look up, it's oxidation that, that's co- cooking the egg through, right? She, she couldn't abide it. And look, to each their own. Well, that, like that, I said, that's, yeah, that's totally fine. I totally get that. What I think it's funny though is that she'll drink, drink it in one location, but yeah. she, she won't drink. But she it. doesn't see them. She doesn't. Does she see know them that there's egg white in it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but she doesn't see it happen. So, like, well, just why didn't she go make the drink in the other room or something and bring it? I should have, but I made the I made the mistake of doing it in front of her. Okay, I should have been like, "Han, I'm making you a drink." Made the drink and just brought it to her. But instead, I was like, "Here, come check this out. This looks like a really good cocktail." She's also a bartender too, so I thought she'd appreciate that. But mm. um. Anyway, um, no, she did not drink it. And I have to just say more for me. Okay. Uh, That's why I got two out of the situation. Um, all right. So if you have your white ladies poured up, you have your, you know, your, uh, King Henry the eighth titty glass, your beautiful coupe glass out there, raise it to your lips. And as we always say, don't just listen along drink along. Damn straight. Pink. That does look beautiful. It it really is delicious. It's great. And I'm a huge Tom Collins fan, but it has that silky, yeah, that beautiful silky feel from the egg whites. And that uh, I do like adding that little bit of Contro um, just to sweeten it up a little bit more. It takes the tart down from the lemon juice where Tom Collins, you know, that's really shining bright. Um, I loved it. I got to tell you. Um, all right. Let's get into the drink in. Now, Kempo. This is like your service industry, LinkedIn. So we want to hear about how you got into the business and where you are now. So first off, right off the top, how did you first ever get into the restaurant service business? Um, So I would have been 13 or 14. Uh, There was a restaurant, bar grill restaurant near to where I lived. And they were just asking for extra staff. So they asked my mother and she said, oh, well, Ryan, he'll help you out. I went in and I was charged with just polishing cutlery. That was it. That's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I've done that for, I was paid not much, two pounds, maybe two pounds 50 an hour just to sit there. Wow. Polish cutlery. I've done that for about two to three weeks. Then I got, I got a word from the manager and said, we're going to promote you. Oh, brilliant. You know, you're going to sit me on the bar. I'm going to start making drinks. No, no, we're going to get you in the kitchen and you're going to start running food. We're going to pay you an extra 50p an hour. I was like, wow. Oh, that's, that's, that's good. That's awful generous, aren't it? <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, at that age, that's, a lot, that's not a lot of money, but it's enough money to buy, you know, whatever. whatever. It's also your first raise. And like, let's just, yeah. you know, revel in that. Yeah, it feels true. good when somebody's like, I'm going to give you more money. <laughs> yeah, if only it carried on, I got in my adult age, but. <laughs> <laughs> sure. um, so yeah, I've done that. I was. In that one restaurant, then I was doing the food run. Then I did eventually move on to the bar, just pulling pipes and pouring spirits. It was nice and, nice and simple. From there, a friend of mine worked in a quite renowned, well-renowned hotel in Northern Ireland called the Sleep Donard. Um, 
and he said, look, we need extra hands as uh, wedding staff and restaurant staff. I said, yeah, get me in there. And that was minimum wage. So back then it was maybe six, six pound or so per hour. Uh, that is where I really grew into my, my industry knowledge. I, I learned, I, I just stepped practicing and learning as much as I could as quickly as I could really. So I worked all through the restaurant, waiting on tables, serving food. Then I trained to be the sommelier for the hotel. Really? I, yeah. Wow. I done the level two master courts. Didn't do level three. Got a bit bored of wine after then, to be honest. Um, but I was doing shifts on the bar, and that's when I started learning about cocktails. And that's just where my passion really started. So I've done that. You caught the edge, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 100%. And um, yeah, so I've done that for about three years. Then I moved to London um, to go to university. And I was doing bits and pieces. I was working in a gin bar and a nightclub sometimes on the same day. Uh, became head bartender in the gin club, and um, that's where I really learned more about gins. And you know, this place had 250 gins just lined up mm. along the back bar. Nothing else. I think we had maybe a bottle of vodka hidden in the cupboard somewhere just for those dickhead customers that come into a gin bar and say they want a vodka. You can say it. You can, you can say it. Uh, Dirty Americans who don't like gin. You could, I mean, you can say it. It's no, okay. I, I, I'd, I'd lo- no, I'd love to say that. Sounds bad. Um, <laughs> no, you know, even Americans, it'd be like people who knew we were a gin bar, but they'd come back once a week, once a month. And I was like, just have a fucking gin, mate. Yeah. It, it's a gin bar. But anyway, uh, that's where I really learned. And so I really appreciate, you know, gin, n- not all gin is the same. Got multiple flavors. And I don't mean like you got a raspberry gin, a strawberry gin, but mm. you've got gin, like beef feeder would be completely different to your Bombay Sapphire because it's more juniper heavy. Mm. Uh, then you've got, I'll not to go too much into it. I'll just end up talking for two hours about gin. But, that's where I really started really practicing on my, on my cocktail knowledge and learning more about the history of cocktails. So not only could I make the cocktails, I could speak to the customers and say, oh, so I'm going to be a geek here for you. Do you know why a, a white lady is called a white lady? Do you know what history behind it? I'll, let me tell you. And I just thought that's when I was working there. That's where I realized, you know, people aren't just coming out to get pissed. They're coming out to enjoy themselves. They come back because they not necessarily like the bar, but they like the bartender. You know, yeah. I, I've been to some bars I fucking hate, but a friend of mine might work there. And I'm not going just because he might give me a, a heavy pour or a free drink. I'm going just because he works there and, you know, it's to support him and more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's experience. It's, yeah. it's about it's about your experience, right? Yeah. You know, and I think that's the socialization. We've talked so many times on the show about the bar being the third space. It's where you yeah. seek out community, but it's also just you seek out an experience, some fun to do. You yeah. know what I mean? And you want to break up the norm of uh, just sitting around your house. Um, well, you teased us there, Kempo. What is the origin of the white lady? Yeah, Why is Steve, it called I, thought that? That, I thought that was your job in the drink history, but go on, Kempo. Me too, me too. But I just went deep it's down like, the so rabbit hole. So we've got this great new drink. Let me tell you the history of these uh, guards in, in London. Sorry, I was eating beef. I was eating beef over here. So I did like it, though. Honestly, if you're, if you're a customer in a bar and you ask me that, I would talk shit and just make you believe me. So that's what I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so on. the man, the man who invented it, after he made it, he said it reminded him of his mother because she had a white head of hair. So he called it the white lady. But ah. wait, I can't tell though. Are you? Is the, you're just you just make that up? <laughs> I love it. That's this is great. great. And that wow. is a big trick of a trade. I think is just talking enough shit and making yes. people believe you. Then you can walk away happy. 
Now, now let me ask you this: Does that change? Like, if I put you on the spot right now, could you could you come up with another load of bullshit of why it's called the White Lady? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. with the beef eaters, you notice they've got a little white collar. The White Lady also has a white collar, and it was because the first beef eater who was a woman, she asked for this drink in a bar in New York. <laughs> Dude, this guy's good. Brilliant. I'm telling you, I love it. I love it. You you might have a you might have a future life in poker. I hope you're not. I hope you don't play cards. But, poker, uh, poker, or politics. It's gonna be one of them. Poker, or politics. Yes, that's awesome. So tell. So it sounds like you, you 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 when you moved to London, there's this kind of. I mean, obviously, that town is that town's like a big accelerator. It's this massive city. There's yeah. so many cocktail bars. There's so much to do on the scene. And that's where it sounds like you really, your career in this business really just starts to, to blossom. And you, you get those ancillary skills, those intangible skills more than just making the cocktails, yeah. learning how to do the shtick that comes, comes with it. So what are, where do you kind of go from there? How do we get to where you are now? Um, so while I was in the gin club and the nightclub and studying at university, um, my local pub, the manager was leaving. And he trained up as assistant manager to take over from him. And they said, right, we need a new assistant manager. Do you want to come work here? I said, I can't, I've got uni. And they said, we'll pay you £10 an hour. I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll come next week. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs engineering, huh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I worked there for a bit. The general manager, then he kind of flipped on it. So when I started, he went to university and became a paramedic. So I became the general manager of this pub. It was a really busy student pub. Uh, packed out, you know, eight nights a week, if you want to call it like that. Wow. In there. And I, this is, I'm sorry, this is back in near Belfast? No, no, this is still in London. Still in London, okay. Yeah. Um, so that, that pub, it was, it was a student pub, and it was like the unofficial student bar of my university. And I had a regular who used to come in most nights, and I always thought, oh, there's something about her. I really, you know, want to get to know her, kind of see what's going on. I ended up dating her. We, I, I proposed to her a year in. We moved up to Shrewsbury because this is her hometown. And we've been here now eight years, married last, married coming up in two years ago. That's amazing. And a baby. Um, so yeah, when I came up here then, obviously settling down, I actually came up on a train and to put like a idea on it. It's about three and a half hour train journey from London to Shrewsbury. So I came up on the first train. I had four interviews lined up. No, three interviews, sorry, in different bars, asking for assistant managers, general managers, bar managers, and so on. I had all three interviews and got the train back down to start my shift in the pub. So when I was up here, the three that I had, one of them I really liked, but they didn't, the, the owners didn't really sit well with me. I didn't think I could work for them. Uh, there was another one that I got on really well with the manager, and she was looking for an assistant manager. And it was a cocktail bar, steampunk style and like really industrial. I thought this is a fucking one. The other one, it was just shit. Didn't even bother with it. Um, so I got offered that job. We moved up. I started as an assistant manager in a cocktail bar called the Poor House, P-O-U-R. And yeah, I worked there for three years. So the general manager moved on, to, um, not moved on. Sorry. She fell pregnant. So she went on maternity and then she didn't come back. So I was left as the general manager of this place. Um, and yeah, I just absolutely loved it. Had full, full control over what spirits we stocked, what liqueurs we stocked, what 
cocktails went on the menu. Yeah. Again, happy hour menus. This is when I started competing in a few like local competitions and a few big um I suppose competitions as well. Uh just just getting my name out there as well. Um and yeah, it was a bustling, bustling bar. I was there I was there for three years. Then something else came along, I got offered the job I'm doing now. And unfortunately I had to part ways. But because my job now is a Monday to Friday, nine to five, I still do Saturdays in a yeah. local bar nearby. And Don't it's um it's nowhere near the volume that I'm used to, but it's just a, it's a fantastic venue. It's uh, family run. Everyone just goes like, we fucking hate each other on shift. We want to kill each other. But that's the standard across the board, isn't it? Yeah, At the end, you, we sit you, down, you, we have a drink and say, we're really sorry for what I said. You, you sound like you're describing Mike and I's relationship. So we, we know that <laughs> oh, yeah. all too well. Um, so your, your, day, your day job now is, is not in the industry. Are you out now? Sort Other of. than the sort work on, fr- on Saturdays? Uh, sort of. So I work as an account manager for a drinks company that's all that's great that's great so i'm so still visiting you know, all these hotels bars and restaurants around wales and west england but i can leave before it gets busy and i start shouting at yeah. and i just watch them start shouting at each other I, I, I still <laughs> later, well not to mention you got a beautiful baby there you get a little bit more time yeah. with the family which is nice and yeah. you know what you get to sit down and watch the chaos and actually enjoy a cocktail rather than making a hundred of them which is it's yeah. a beautiful world when you get to that place um yeah. that's yeah. awesome man i'm i uh i think that's a really really cool uh look into the scene there um specifically like starting polishing silverware you know we talked a, a lot of the stories a lot of the stories on the show is like, yeah, I was a dishwasher. I was in the dish pit and now I'm a, you know, now I make craft cocktails. And I, I think it's a good reminder. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I would recommend a 12 or 13 or 14 year old to listen to this show, but if you are out there, you're younger, you're thinking about getting in the business, just know that no matter where you start, it, your potential is on cap. You can go wherever you want to go with this. Um, it's about your curiosity. And how passionate you're going to be about it, and what effort le- you know effort level you're going to put into it. So, yeah. um, I also like how you went down the rabbit hole of sommelier long enough to be like, yeah, I like wine, but cocktails <laughs> are more fun. You know, so I think actually um, when I was doing that sommelier training, and I, as I said, like you can bullshit a customer if you don't know the answer, and you can make them believe something. I think that's where it started because my knowledge of uh, wine was quite high, but then someone would throw me a curveball if we got a new wine in, and before I'd even had a chance to try it, someone ordered it. They say, also, oh, what's the flavor? So, well, it's it's um, fermented at 18 degrees in the southern hemisphere, blah, 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 blah. blah. I don't you know just make something up like you did for the white lady, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that's amazing. But that's, that's where it started. Amazing. That's where I thought people will believe you if you've got enough confidence yeah. in what you Yeah, your survival skills. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Campo, listen, it has been friendly and cordial up until this point, but now it is time for the gauntlet. Are you ready, my friend? I am ready. Let's do it. Fantastic. Well, let's take it away. It's the gauntlet. Question number one, Kempo. Pet peeves and misconceptions. Now, these can be your pet peeves about the service industry, about your coworkers, about customers, but can also be misconceptions that customers might have about the industry. Okay, I could definitely go on this list for fucking days. Let's do it. <laughs> but 
I've, I've got some notes there. I've tried to sum up like what my posts, the ones that really fucking get me. Right. Big one is waving money at the bar like this. Ooh. Get the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, I've seen you there. I've got this person, this person, this person. And then I've got you, mate. Just chill the fuck out. You don't need to wave your money. Really? Is that a common, is that a common thing in, like, Thankfully not. I, don't get me wrong. The snapping, the whistling, yeah, the waving. Yeah. I see a lot of that. And I remember being, you know, I, uh, in college when I first turned 21 and going out to a bar. And, um, yeah, I had some friends that did the trick where they held their credit card on the bar or they held a $20 bill in their hand. Yeah. But I don't see a lot of people waving money like it's a fucking flag. It Is that like... It's not all the time. It tends to be more Christmas. And that's actually another one of my uh, pet peeves is Christmas drinkers. Those fuckers that don't come out what? all year round. You don't get that. Well, hold on. Keep going. Keep going. Cause... So you get people that, I don't know what job they work in, but they don't go out all year round. It comes to Christmas and office parties. And then they're there going, fuck, what's this place? <laughs> and then, they, and then they, maybe they've seen someone else do it. So they grab their money and they go, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Do you know so Christmas just, drinkers, it, no? Well, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. When Christmas comes around, the restaurants and bars explode for the exact reason you're talking about. And I guess mm. I never really thought about it. So all these people that don't really go out now saying, yeah, I'm going to go to my yeah. office party. I'm going to go to this function, this event. Um, I think the bigger problem for me during Christmas, it's my most hated holiday. I fucking hate Christmas. Um, it, the idea of Christmas is great. The problem is in application people are fucking horrid cunts to each other. Yeah. They're in bad moods. There's too much traffic. They haven't bought enough shit. They got to buy more shit. They're running around. <laughs> They're vicious. For no reason. It's a month long. It's a month long period of time where we're supposed to spend time together and think about the reason for the season and, you know, love your families. And really all it is, is people with increased road rage, just absolutely maxing out their credit cards and screaming all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't like it either, but I, I hadn't really noticed that that's where there's more ignorant drinkers. Um, it's almost like you're saying the classic, uh, you ever heard, do you guys have uh, the term creasters? Do you know what a creaster is? No. Somebody that only goes to church on Christmas and Easter is a creaster, <laughs> right? So that's kind of what you're talking about. They're like bar yeah. creasters. Yeah. They only show up for the holiday. Oh, man. That is fucking annoying. Yeah, that is annoying. Yeah. And they feel entitled, right? Because it's Yeah, Christmas. absolutely. And I think maybe they've seen TV shows or movies where someone goes to a bar and they get served straight away. It's like, it's, it's <laughs> really right. not how it works. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you, you are going to have to wait a couple of minutes. No doubt. Yeah, you should try coming here, I don't know, any other day of the year. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's a good one to kick us off. What else, what else on the Pepe front? Because I can tell the way you said that. You've got them racked up. <laughs> So that's that. There's also, it hasn't happened much recently, but when I was at the poorhouse, this happened so fucking often. We get people coming in on a busy Saturday night, wading through the crowds. Are you open? So of course we're fucking open. Look around. Wait, wait coming through the crowd of people? <laughs> waving through the people, yeah, getting to the bar. And, and like being polite, don't get me wrong, just like, are you open? Are, are you serving? And I don't mean like it's two in the morning, it's, it's 10 p.m. Wow! What? Maybe it's just a sh maybe it's just a Shrewsbury thing. Maybe the water is too thick here. And I, I don't no, know. no, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 this one I can relate to more than the Christmas one because I will tell you, man, there is this plague. It's a disease of over politeness, right? 
you know, where these people, I don't, it's a certain group and I get it. I think it's born out of their own personal anxieties, but they like when they open their mouth, they're too polite for their own good yeah. and they can't help themselves. It's like a, t it's like a tick, right? They yeah. have to do that. Um, and it's like, yeah, duh. And I, I actually feel bad sometimes because I'm mean. I'm really mean in those situations. <laughs> I don't want to be, but I am. I'm like, yeah, you fucking idiot. What do you want? Order, order. Yeah, do you See, think, me, do you it's think like, it's, right, now you're going back to the game. Yeah, do you think it's something in particular about the bar or do like every establishment they go oh, yeah. to? Like, you know, they, they walk, they go up to the bank teller, you know, at 3 p.m. And they're like, you know, are, are you open? You know, it's like, nope, just, just hanging out. Just really enjoy it here. Can you imagine if they did that to a server, not a bartender? Like, <laughs> the you come into a restaurant, up to their table. The maitre d', the maitre d seats, seats them. Server comes up. Hi, my name's Kempo. I'll be taking care of you tonight. Are you, are you open? Are you open? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of absurd honestly <laughs> it's that la listen it's that dropping of iq points when they walk in yeah. the door i'm telling you these people are perfectly smart they understand they have self-awareness but it's like they walk through that threshold and it all goes out yeah. the window so maybe it's the loud noises the people they just go what's going on yeah what, what, would, you, somebody what would your response be when somebody asks you if the bar is open so i'm um, one i do remember quite vividly because the, the guy came in I'm pretty sure he got ID'd by our bouncer. But again, the bouncer's on the door. So he's seen the bouncer. He's seen the customers. He's seen the bartenders running around like head to chickens. And he said, are you open? I said, yeah, for at least another five hours. <laughs> and I just dead-eyed him. And I don't know if he thought I was taking the piss or not. But he ordered it eventually. But we just had a bit of a staring contest. Like, It just wasn't <laughs> registering. Yeah. 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 That brings me to one that's really been a pet peeve recently. I don't know if it's the summer heat here in Maryland. But I cannot stand at Kempo when I interact with a customer. Or, well, I should say a group of customers, right? Usually three, four, or more. Mm -hmm. And there's no response. It's yeah. like they're broke. They're all having a, 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 a team stroke all at the same time. <laughs> like, hey, can I get you started with some appetizers? And it's just. They, they just look, they look at you like, like they don't understand like or they are. Yeah. Just haven't been out of the house in the years. There's like an assumption that someone at the table might start talking, but it ain't going to be them. Yeah. <laughs> at, that point, just, you, at that point, you just go, no, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just walk away. I do that one. Or if I'm, again, if I'm feeling condescending, I go, I swear it's not a trick question, guys. Do you want anything to eat? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I make you remember that. Oh, <laughs> man. All right. Give me, give me some more. I know you have more. Um, so that's the main pet peeves. I'm going to go on to like a misconception. So yeah, yeah. you get people who come into bars. And I mean, I do another job now, but when you get people who come and say, so what else do you do? It's like, well, mm. full-time bartender. I think a misconception is that some people think bartenders just go in, they work, well, like a couple of us maybe do, work on a Friday or a Saturday night, and then they've got a, a nine to five somewhere else. But for some people, and was for me as a long, for a long time, I didn't see it just as just a job. It was a lifestyle career. It was my social life. It was where I was building friends, building experience, building, um, building my self-confidence as well. And it's a fucking stressful job, as we all know. But I don't think people see that all the time. They just think, oh, it's just, yeah. you're, you're just making drinks. That's just it's easy. It's not a fucking stressful job. It can be really difficult. Yeah. It can, mm -hmm. sometimes can be dangerous if you've, if you've got sharp knives, you've got fire, you've got fucking anything. So just don't be a dick, please. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you just want to say to a lot of people is just don't be a dick I, I also I, it, it has become more offensive to me that there's a greater respect for like catering 
which is just running a restaurant for one fucking day, okay? We're doing that every day. We are preparing to serve this community every single fucking day with no preset parameters, right? Catering, you tell me what you want, when you're going to be there, how many people they're going to be, how we're going to do food service, how we're going to do drink service, right? It is so organized. Now, a good caterer and a bad caterer, very easy to distinguish, right? Do you come prepared? Do you deliver what the guest wants? But at least when it's an event-based thing, it's super, there's planning time. Yeah. Every single day you open a restaurant, like think, really think if you're out there listening, you've never worked in this business. Think about the concept of running a restaurant. We have no idea who's going to come in, how many of you are going to come in, what you're going to fucking order, what you're going to like, right? Like if you're all going to come in at once or if you're going to come in staggered, right? So we literally have to prepare knowing nothing. Yeah. We have to just make a crapshoot of like, well, I hope we're fucking ready for it. Like what a terrible way to live. It's insanely stressful. So yeah, just that alone, the process of being able to provide hospitality on a daily basis in and out is wild. It's a wild yeah. concept in and of itself. But um, yeah, I think, I think just like you need enough self-awareness to know if this bar is open, maybe think about um, a, a deeper cut past the bartender just pouring a draft, right? There, how do you think that beer got connected to that draft? And when it runs out halfway for a pint and you're 10 deep at the bar. <laughs> that's not stressful at all, is it? There, there's not a little keg fairy that's going to drop <laughs> yeah. out of the clear blue sky and rehook up the new tap. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody had to order that. So, you know, yeah. five days ago. Um, yeah, those are good. Those are really good ones. And, and you know, I appreciate you kind of giving us some nuance, some new ones that we um, haven't really talked about in the pet peeve. I just, I feel like, th- have- I feel like this is why he wanted to come on the show. He's like, look, I've oh, got yeah. to air, air my grievances, grievances about these <laughs> stupid motherfuckers that come up to the bar and ask if I'm open. <laughs> yeah, guys, well, it's, it's a rant pod, bar time, a rant podcast, isn't it? I'm not going to hear and say, yeah, you're all great. Hey. Hey, Kimbo, there's a, there's a very specific reason we put this as question number one. So I love it. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Get oh yeah. Done. All right. Are we ready for number two? Let's do it. All right. Question number two. Best and worst tips. Now these can of course be monetary, but Michael explain these can be more than just cash. Yeah. This could also be like something special, like, you know, that I guess has brought in for you a gift, maybe even a piece of advice. And then also too, if you want to fill in, cause, um, you know, both JT and Amy uh, both kind of told us a little bit because the tipping culture in the UK is a little bit different just as it is in Stockton uh, or Stockholm rather in the United States. Uh, so if you, you know, if you want to kind of give us a little bit of an insight into kind of what the tipping culture is like there as well, that would be great. Yeah, of course. So it tends to be, I mean, I, I try to tip as much as possible, even if it's only say you buy a beer, it's four fifty. There, There's a fiver, keep 50 feet. Mm-hmm. But as a standard thing in the UK, when it's drinks only, people don't tend to tip unless they do a round of drinks. Let's say there's a group of them and it comes up to 39.90. They'll say keep a 10p. Or if they're having sit down drinks and they've got a tab, sometimes they'll round up or they'll do a 10%. 10% is quite, seems quite generous, I think, over here. Okay. Um, but yeah, as a, when, when there's food involved, that you, again, you should fucking tip, I think. But it's not enforced. It's not like 
because bartenders, waiters, which just they're they're paid at least minimum wage over here, which I mm -hmm. think at the minute is about ten pound an hour or something like that. Okay. Right. But tipping is always nice because you get it in cash at the end of the night. You know, there you yeah, go. That's just of course, tips. yeah, yeah. Grease the wheels a in, little bit. In, yeah. In some of these different environments that you've been in, right? You started your service career in Ireland. Mm -hmm. You worked for a long time in London. Now you're in Shrewsbury. Two, I think three fairly different environments, right? Yes. Just by like size of town and the place you were working. Did you see a trend of more that tipping was more common in any of those? 100%. Yeah. Irish, yeah. People, Irish people tip more. Really? Yeah, and I, I, I'm not saying that with any bias. I'm just—is that a more common thing because yeah, of? I think local, Irish, like local pub culture. Yeah, like I that think relationship. Because I mean, Irish people are very hospitable anyway. You know, if you go, if I go back home on, on a flight now and I get there ten o'clock tonight, whatever it would be, I can knock on a neighbor's door where I used to live, and they say, "Oh, come on in." Yeah, yeah, get you a cup of tea. It's a similar thing in pubs. The, the pubs in Ireland are. Like I said earlier, it's a social gathering. It's not just you. Yeah, you, you do go out and get pissed, but you're going there to socialize. You're going to have a good night. Maybe not eat, but you're gonna have have a, a skin full of drink. Um, and a, wait, have a? I'm oh. sorry, have a what? Yeah. <laughs> good question, Mike. A skin? A what? A skin? Skin full of drink? Skinful. Yeah. Like skin. Like, like skin. Like your skin. But imagine that's full of drink instead of. <laughs> <your bones. laughs> I, I love I love the different colloquialisms and yeah, I love those little one. idiosyncrasies yeah. of different of different cultures. That's great. <laughs> skin full of drink. Skin full of drink. Yeah. So I say you say that oh, when I had a skin full last night. Um, but yeah. So okay. like, See, if you said that to me in the states, I would think it was a sexual thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, what was his name? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So like again, in Ireland. So when I worked in the the bar and grill. A common thing would be get yourself a drink. I pay for mine, add on a drink to my bill, and have mm. it in a shift. And then it's up to the bartender or sometimes the manager whether you can have it as a drink or if you can have it as cash at the till. So that's sort of how it works. Okay, there. cool. In the hotel, uh, tipping drinks—it's common. I see what you're saying. But you can exchange. Yeah, you can exchange it. But also with meals, it is always ten percent minimum, regardless of the few. Just have a starter, or if you have a full three course. Our, Spe our specifically in Ireland. Specifically in Ireland, yeah, I've definitely seen a lack—not a lack, just less tipping in in England. Yeah. Now, when you when you say it's it's like, is it automatically added to the check? No, 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 no. But it's just that's the culture that you tip ten percent yeah. on a meal. Okay, yeah. Nice. Or or you round up. Say you've got a bill of seventy-one pounds, you'll put down eighty. Or you'll yeah. say put it on the on the car machine. Just charge me eighty. That's for you. Mm -hmm. Um, nice. Okay. Yeah, just that, for it, yeah, and for context, like I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but you know, here in the states, like twenty percent is kind of like that's what is typically expected by. It's not fifteen percent anymore. It's when, like twenty percent is kind of what is you're expected yeah. to pay. When I first got into the business, it was definitely fifteen. It was very mm -hmm. clearly fifteen. Um, and this, but this is two thousand four, two thousand five. So we're talking like early two thousands. Now the industry standard is definitely twenty. And I, I don't say that again with any like you have to tip twenty. I'm just saying that seems to be like the common zeitgeist yeah. of mm -hmm. you know what US an appropriate now, tip is. Yeah, it it is definitely different culturally for example right i got a lot of friends that live in dc i got a lot of friends that live in new york when i go to dc and new york man there you know um the suggested 
gratuity, which I don't know if you guys even really have this maybe in the UK, but at the bottom of our checks, now it's very common for POS systems to put a suggested gratuity, yeah. right? Like 18% would be this mm-hmm. amount of money. 20% would be this and so forth. When you go to these um, you know, more expensive cities now, you, you're now seeing that the lowest suggested gratuity is 25%. It's 25, 28, 30, rather than 15, 18, 20, which is what it was forever. Um, and I'm, I was actually listening to another industry podcast just the other day, and they're based out of Miami. And they're talking about, I'm not kidding. I'm listening and my jaw dropped. I, they were like, yeah, the industry standard is 22%. I was like, wait, 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 what? It's 22. When did, when did that happen? Also, I like whole round numbers. Yeah. I would prefer the metric system. Okay. 22% just seems so it does arbitrary. Seem, it seems odd. It's yeah. weird, more math, isn't it? It's yeah. such a weird yeah. number to like, to, to like end on, but they were, they were making that claim. And I do think that that's also. Again, I think that's like an expense thing. Miami is a very expensive town. Yeah. So, well, and not to mention too now with all the tablets, every like your mechanic wants a fucking tip now. It's it's very yeah. strange the way that, and, and of yeah. course, um, you know, obviously comedians and everything have talked about this, so I'm not saying they do, but like the, the, it's very awkward because you people are staring at you while you're making this decision yeah. on whether or not to tip yeah. for a service you typically would. I, I was recently a general manager of a hospitality. Um, or uh, a group here in in Baltimore and our food and beverage director wanted to introduce handheld tablets for everybody. And I pushed back super hard. Good right? for you. I said, you're, I said, you're Look, a champion of the people, Steve. Well, no, I, I, oh, I'm I love serious it. like that. Thank I love you. it. I love it for ordering. I'm always going to be somebody that I'm either taking the order just li- by listening or I'm writing it down by hand because that's how I do my ordering. I don't want to l- use an electronic device to do ordering because it slows me down. Mm-hmm. I can qu- more, more quickly in my shorthand write down mm-hmm. all your add-ons and switches and things like that oh, yeah, then click absolutely. through the different prompts in the computer. But a lot of my younger employees at the time loved it. I'm like, that's great. If that makes you more efficient, use it for ordering. The last thing I want is the awkwardness of checking out. People are always already weird with money and now I'm going to stand and <laughs> look at you while you fucking sign and tip. That's just... It just makes it's a big ick for me, and mm. and I, I think we need to kind of regress a little bit more to the mean with, like you're saying, Mike, those interactions and how technology is coming into play. But yeah. um, sorry, we got us. we totally, anyway, we we got off the rails, yeah. but I, I appreciate you sharing the difference in the culture of of how tipping works out there in the UK and in Ireland, these different places. But let Mike's right, Mike's right, and let's circle back to the question here. So again best and worst tips that you've experienced monetary or otherwise. Um, but definitely really think about where a non-monetary tip, something special guest live with, left with you could come into play. Yeah. Cool. Um, so the best tip I think I've ever had was in a hotel in Ireland. We had a golf course attached and we always had Americans coming over to play golf and stay in the hotel. And when I, during my time at the hotel, I'd done a bit of concierge and so I'd open the door for the guests. I'd take my luggage up to the room. One American, I literally just carried up a satchel. He didn't let me touch his golf clubs. He just gave me a satchel. He said, can you drop that in my room? So yes, yeah, so I dropped it up, came back down. He found me in the bar. He said, there, that's for you. And it was a hundred dollar bill. And Jesus I, Christ. He, yeah. This was 2000 and, 2008, maybe. So I was 17, 16, 17. And first of all, I see a hundred dollar bill. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's got a hundred dollars. It must be all right. But then, yeah, I've seen that and thought, you know, that, that's really good. 
So was, did, uh, did you wonder to yourself, oh my God, what, just, what was in that satchel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I also, I, what am I, I think it would be funny. I think it'd be really funny if in that moment you looked at him and you were like, Hey, the exchange rate's not great. This is only 81 uh, uh, pounds. Would you mind rounding up? Can I get that extra 19? <laughs> I'd love a, a even 100, you know? Yeah. Um, that's pretty amazing, man. But yeah, that's definitely the, the best and the easiest tip I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Yeah, just, for what for what you did. I didn't even use the stairs. I took the lift, so it was just pissing. <laughs> <laughs> um, wor- worst tips. This was actually only a few weeks back. We had a 18 cover... 18, I think it was, or 18 and 19 cover group in for food and drinks. And at the end of it all, the bill was 200, I guess it was 298 pounds, 70 something, 75 maybe. So rounded up, so I, in my head, I was thinking, rest 300 pounds. They're going to give us maybe 20 quid, 30 quid, between three staff and, and the chef chefs. And um, they tipped us, I don't know why or where it came from, but they tipped us 12 pence, a 10 pence piece and a two pence piece. So hold on, that's essentially uh, like twelve, that's, 12 cents. Yeah, point twelve of a pound. <laughs> yes, that's just I, lazy, right? Like, well, what? I thought this was just fall out of their well, kit book or something thought, while they're oh, maybe, the maybe, Yeah, <laughs> that's what I reckon. They've, they've taken their, their cash out, and then this twelve pence has dropped, and they've gone, "Oh well, fuck, we don't need that." No one, no one uses that that small amount of money. And oh my god. I was fucking fuming. Was there was there was, like a I button bet. or a gum wrapper in there with it as well? <laughs> <laughs> Twelve pence in a paper clip. That's what you. Yeah. That's what you yeah. get for this three hundred dollar <laughs> meal, right? Yeah, fucking horrendous, ridiculous. Um, non monetary. I've got one. Uh, it was just before me and my wife. Well, my now wife, by the time my fiance left London, a regular I had in the pub told him we were leaving, and he. We, we've been talking about steak restaurants and whatnot in the previous days. And he came in one day with a hundred pound voucher for a steak restaurant that me and my wife both liked. And he said, wow. that's for you. You've really looked after me over the last couple of years. Go take your, take your uh, wife out. Enjoy dinner. It's on me. See, oh, I, love, I love a tip like that. I yeah. love a mm-hmm. tip like that because of it. Uh, it's not just sentimental, but he... He then traded his hospitality experience for yours. He wanted yes. you to have a great experience, and that's something exactly. um, that would. Uh, it's just really thoughtful, especially well, yeah, when it, you know not, that that person toils behind a bar, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it and it's and it's not. Ju- I mean, just a uh, cash tip is great, but it's like an intentional. Like, I want you to go and have a nice evening out. I mean, I think uh, yeah. Val even had the same thing where he was going to travel somewhere, and yeah. Val, I can't even remember what episode, but the guy gave him like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks he was like when you're out there i want you to go have a nice dinner with your with your wife yeah um, so I, I like that i, I love yeah. that kind of intentional it's not just you know here's some money but they, they want you to enjoy a good time on that yeah yeah exactly all right question number three kempo worst drink orders now mike explain to him that this caddy category whoa this category is not Uh-oh, just Steve's CTs coming yeah, out again. <laughs> this category is not just drinks that you don't like to make. It is also yeah. This is a very nuanced question. This started out as like the the Long Island iced teas. When when a, a guest orders it, you're judging them like, oh, that's a trashy drink to order. But this has expanded and evolved to be maybe a drink that you really hate to make, uh, or it can even be like the worst drink that another bartender has ever made for you. So, I mean, Long Island is always going to be on that fucking list. It's, um, 
Pina Coladas are up there with me. I don't see the appeal. I think they're you can't have too many of them. They're gonna make you sick. Too much cream and mm. too much going on there. But another one that is just ridiculous, and I've had it a few times in the past, is when someone comes to the bar and says, Can I get that James Bond martini? Oh my god, really? Yeah. And what and what do they mean? Because depending on the literature of the movies, it's two different well, that's answers. It. And I say I, I always start by saying, We don't have Gordons. That's what is the traditional one. We'll use this. Oh yeah, that's fine as long as it's shaken, not stirred. Oh, oh God. Okay. who is uh, d- describe the kind of guys that are ordering that fucking drink for us? Please. I would probably say. Like, how are they dressed? <laughs> um, I was gonna say sort of like Steve, to be honest. <laughs> oh come on! The <laughs> one guy I remember specifically he had a cap on, got a like short sleeve shirt, but the short sleeve shirt was too short because it was up here. Mostly guys like yeah. Lads, look at this. I'm going to order that James Bond martini. Take it yeah? It's novelty. It's a yeah. novelty. If you were, yeah. were going to do that, then why wouldn't you just fucking order it like James Bond? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, give why me would you James call Bond it, martini. Yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? Exactly. That's a very, you know what's very funny is point. the guys the guys that ask that you could probably give them any fucking cocktail in a martini glass yeah. and they'd be like, oh, yeah, this is great. Well, that's they would it. I was no tempted just to give them a regular straight gin martini. And I thought, no, yeah. I'm going to do the right spec. I can try it. And I'm going to charge him £15. James Bond. Seven or eight, eight pounds for a cocktail. He's, he's paying for the arsehole for this. If, and if somebody, if somebody complains, you go, this is, listen, James Bond can afford it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Right? Maybe yeah. you can't. <clears throat> I love this because uh, so much on the show we talk about, you know, we've talked about how the show, we try to make part of it a roadmap to the service industry, especially for people who aren't in the service industry. Shout out, Taylor. Um, But a lot of the times we talk about, hey, if you behave the right way, if you do the right things, you might get yourself an extra drink here and there. You might get a heavy pour here and there. But this is the the opposite. You make an ass out of yourself, you're going to get charged extra for no reason. That's what we call it, a dickhead tax. Oh, yeah. That ticket tax doesn't actually show up on the ticket I like that. To do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're you're preaching my language now because I put the dickhead tax on every Friday night. If you order, for example, a very popular drink here in the United States in volume bars is the green tea shot, right? And I'm sure you're at least somewhat familiar with that. Sort of, We're yeah. gonna go J- Jameson whiskey, peach schnapps, little sour mix, or, you know, or fresh squeezed lemon or lime juice. And then, um, you know, I put on just a light, light, light splash of ginger ale, just kind of bring it all together. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it gives it that kind of tea, greeny flavor. Um, the thing about it is, for almost four years now, we use a blended peach whiskey, like a bottom of the barrel, shitty whiskey <laughs> that is infused with peach. So we just use that and sour mix because we're pumping out so many of them. It helps us with volume. Mm-hmm. When I ring in a green tea there's a button for a rail green tea which is what every green tea could be my goodness you want to come cough right into the microphone so there's a button to ring in a rail green tea and there's a button for an actual green tea that has jameson in it Mm -hmm. i can't tell you how many times i've rang in the jameson green tea 250 more than the regular one and given (laughs) them the regular shit because they're being a dickhead and you're getting the dickhead tax I mean, with this this one that really stuck out with me when he ordered the James Bond martini and I went through it with him and he, he paid. 
I went out of my way. I went into the programming side of Patil, created a button that said James Bond Martini, 15 pounds. So I thought if I I give it to him like this, he's not going to question it because he's going to think, oh, everyone orders it. This is what everyone pays. Good for you. It, was it was it busy at all when this happened? Relatively, but I haven't. So I love it. You're like, oh, all right, motherfucker. Yeah. You're going in there. You're creating a new <laughs> was, drink in the in my computer. Head, I like, asshole, get the fuck out of here. I love that. And so, um, if I'm not mistaken, the like from the movies, it's a vodka martini, straight up shaken, not stirred, right? It's, um, I think it's equal parts gin and vodka. Is it? It's like a Vesper, right? Yeah, it's, no, it is a Vesper. From, I thought, yeah, exactly. I thought from the literature, oh, maybe I've never read. Oh, I, I never read that any I didn't even know James Bond was a fucking book until one of our guests told us about <laughs> it. But I thought the original in the books was the Vesper, and then when he orders it, like as uh Pierce Brosnan, it's vodka martini, shake it, not stir, right? Potentially. I'm not a massive Bond fan, but I do remember one of the Daniel Craig ones, he specifically talks the bartender through it. And nearly okay. sure he says equal parts. No, that's great. I love that. Uh Give me that James Bond martini. What an asshole. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that guy had to pay more. <laughs> All right. Question number four. You know, what's funny is there, It's I guess it's not funny, but in our c- cemetery in Pittsburgh, Kansas, mm-hmm. right as you drive down the road, there's a big tombstone that says James Bond. <laughs> So, there's actually okay. James Bond. I it's just it's a weird little of all of his amazing there. world travels, he died in fucking Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So sad, so sad. We finally got him. Um, all right, question go, number four. I just jump in. Let's <laughs> just said grace on remind me in Shrewsbury. You know, Christmas Carol, the, the the film and the story. Yeah, Dickens, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. In Shrewsbury, we've got Ebenezer Scrooge's tombstone because it. The, the, oh, really? The film was filmed in Shrewsbury. Oh, okay. okay. So, all right, and so. Not that he was a real person, but just no, no, no. just happened to be that the tombstone. They made a real tombstone and they left it there. Yeah, nice. Well, that says so. What's, wow, that's a what's beautiful great is if you, if you if you ever wanted to hide a body, that would be the perfect. Yeah, because no one's ever going to look. Oh, <laughs> a novelty grave. Yes, yes. I'll keep that in mind when I come out to Pittsburgh, Kansas, to murder you. Um, question <laughs> number you gonna, you gonna four. Put me in the- <laughs> Mike, do you want to team up for this one? Ultimate mistakes and fuck ups. Now these can be yours or your coworkers. Yeah, or other, you know, service industry professionals you've seen out in the wild, but we just want to hear about somebody crashing and burning. Yeah, so I'm gonna I've got no shame. I'm gonna tell you. One of them I've never told anyone, so you're gonna be the first people to hear this. Oh yeah. Uh, look look at oh, that, really? listeners. <laughs> look how special we Exclusive all are. Exclusive content. I think it's I think it's been long enough to go but I'm not gonna get sued or anything over it. But I'll, yeah, I'll leave that the to the is finally expired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so first one, just a stupid fucking mistake on my behalf. We got some new knives in at my pub. Just a standard bar knife, you know, a couple of inches long, serrated. And one of my bartenders she she got the knife and she was cutting lemons and I said, Look, just be really careful. I took the knife off her. I said, just watch, this is really fucking sharp. And I slid through the lemon. And then I thought, well, I'm fucking here. I'll just do the rest. I said, just, I'll do this one, but r- please be really careful because it's too much paperwork if you cut your fucking hand open. So as I'm doing that, I fucking cut through my finger and take the tip, clean up. <laughs> as you're telling, as, as I'm you're... fucking telling my staff to be careful. Yeah. So, yeah. Fingertips off. Blood is fucking <laughs> everywhere. It's in a half poured Guinness that I started doing. In my head, I'm thinking, well, that's it. I'm fucked. So I, I just held my finger. I ran outside. And to be honest, it couldn't have been a better day to do it because in the pub, it was, I think it was like a Rugby World Cup final or something. The pub was packed with all the students. I had a student nurse, student doctor, and a student paramedic on site ready to <laughs> fucking help me. Wow. 
Wow. So as totally I'm running fair. outside, they're capable. Yeah, as I'm running outside, holding my finger, blood fucking everywhere. I seen the paramedic. I was like, Dara, help! And he literally just like maybe ten pints of Guinness in at this point. He just grabbed my finger. He goes, "Shut the fuck up. Let me look." We got it sorted anyway. Got myself wrapped up. I phoned my wife and I said, "Don't panic. I'm okay." But I've um, cut the end of my finger off. And her first question wasn't like, "Oh shit, do you need to go to the hospital or anything like that?" She said, "What hand is it?" I'll leave that there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I'll finish that. Managed to calm myself down. I'm in excruciating pain. Went to the nearest hospital, but they said that the urgent care closed at five o'clock. There's no no emergency services. I said, you said you can go to the other side of London and go to the actual A&E. So I've got a fucking full pub. At this point, I didn't have an assistant manager capable of running the pub and doing cash up and everything. So I had to go back and finish my shift. Got bandaged up as best I can. This is about an hour after I'd done it. I got there, and the guy at the bar who I'd started pouring a Guinness said to me, where's my fucking Guinness, mate? I was like, to see what everything is happening. There's <laughs> fucking blood in it. It's like a crime scene behind here. <laughs> so he was fucking fuming. But yeah, then went through it all. <laughs> Drank about half to, half to three-quarter bottle of Jameson on shift just to try and numb the pain. Took some cold mold. Got it sorted. Fingertip sort of grew back. Fucking numb. <laughs> sort of grew back like it's a chameleon's it, tail yeah it's a bit wonky but yeah that, that that was my in my head that was the biggest fucking mistake stupid man. mistake i'd ever done in my life man, oh, especially while you're guys. describing yeah. to them what not to do yeah and it was it oh shit yeah well don't do this <laughs> see well, you seem like such a professional bullshitter that in my mind i could see you slicing it off and not even just without skipping a beat just like i'm like you'd never want to do something like that okay yeah, yeah this is all yeah. for demonstration she now, learned another- she learned that day <laughs> oh, okay. I, I think I, I think she was probably traumatized over it she's like <laughs> another, I don't cut, listen i will bartend here but i don't cut fruit <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> another another important question here what happened to the fingertip i, I, I didn't mention it because i was really hoping one of you were going to ask yeah, well, so, I was wondering if you garnish the guy, uh, the, the Guinness. With, <laughs> it floats you know, right on the head. And so I put it in the, a money bag with ice and took it to the hospital with me. They said, this is it's dead. We can't do anything with this. So I don't know how it ended up coming back. They ended up, we, we didn't serve any food, by the way. So this wasn't really a food safety issue, but it went into the okay. fridge that we had on the bar. Oh, the, yeah. the fingertip did. Yeah. In a money bag, okay. in ice. Okay. Please tell me you still have this. Please tell me you like crystallized it and framed it on your wall. I, I did have it for a long time. It made a few appearances when regulars would stay in for lock-ins and they got a bit oh. But Oh, that's great. <laughs> it's fucking horrendous thinking back. Kempo, show us your finger. Take your, <laughs> take your tip out. <laughs> but in the end, we're, it was a late night. I think it was my night off and I was, it was a late one and we were playing pool, a few of us. And we were doing bets like ten pound, twenty pound, and someone said, "Campbell, bet your fingertip." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, why not?" So I said, "Right here, here's here's proof." I lost that game, and someone walked away with my fingertip. Oh no my way. god! So I have so no idea where the fuck it's went now. What? Oh, look, if you were listening to this episode right now, and you have Campbell's fingertip. You have a guest spot on this show anytime. Come oh and tell us what, what happened. Well, you, you have a Boilermaker. I just want to hear the yeah. story from their perspective. We were out drinking. We were bar hopping. We came <laughs> into this bar, and the bartender was crazy enough to bet a fingertip on, on this game of pool. <laughs> My God, dude. Now, it's not gruesome. It's not bloody, but you can see 
That's the oh, fingertip that's the on, my, fingertip. on my hand. Oh, yeah. yeah? My it, God. Is it? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold that back up. And this stuff grosses me out, by the way. Yeah. But I, can you hold the picture back up real quick? It's not, it's not too that, gruesome, to be honest. But it's, is that, that's like fingernail. Oh, yeah. That's God. literally oh, the entire time. When, oh, when I finally did goodness. get to the hospital and like they sorted me out, it was a hairline between the outer level and my bone. So that's how yeah. close I come to actually chopping into my bone. Yeah. Wow. Can we see the, the finger still? The actual finger? Yes, like it's, uh, yeah. It grew oh, back pretty it's good. It's a little yeah. wonky on this side. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it looks good though. Looks good. That uh, that what an incredible! You told that like a master, sir. I mean, the the, the, the wife the that. wife asking which hand, <laughs> Joe, just the, leaving leaving the the the, the hanging, you know, uh, dangling. Uh, <laughs> there is. So what happened? Yes. What? I'm sorry, but I'm still grossed out by that picture. It's okay. It's letting, okay. letting us what uh, what happened to the fingertip? Just beautifully told. You're you you got to send us that picture. We have to use that picture in the post. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I, if it gets flagged by Instagram, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna try to railroad that shit through. I've, I've got. I have another question too. Like, how did you? keep it in like a- after the fact how did you preserve it was it like in a little jar with pickle juice oh, yeah, it was in ice. ice it was frozen but i thought you had a small cupboard at the top of the so you always so wait so wait you just kept it in the fridge for weeks after that until you lost it in a bet mike if you lose a piece of yourself but you don't, you've still got it you don't want to get rid of it but you don't want to throw exactly. it out hey, hey, i'm not saying right. get rid of it i'm just you're saying keeping right. it in the in the beer cooler is not the place we didn't use the fridge it just it was just a fridge that was there yeah well not after you put a fingertip <laughs> in there i imagine um god yeah. damn it that is, I mean, God, Mike, how Mike, do we, Mike, come on. Listen, we, we, already know the, Mike, we already know the answer to question number five Mike, now. So <laughs> Now, hold on, Mike, you're from the Plains. I have to imagine that you have a refrigerator filled with body parts somewhere. I mean, you look like Dahmer. Yeah, but Dahmer. they're not mine. You look like Dahmer, all right? I'm sure you have <laughs> a fucking fridge filled with Dahmer <laughs> fucking thing. Right. <laughs> all right. Any other for question number four? Yeah, so this is one. The exclusive, if you will. This is the one you haven't told yet. Okay, yeah. cool. My wife, I think my wife might know, but I'll go into more detail with it. So I won't even say where it was, just in case. But we had a whiskey flight tasting menu, a special event where we got in all these really expensive whiskeys. Um, and it was across two different bars in this one venue. And at the end of every night, we used to bottle up. So if you had a half bottle of Jameson and a half bottle, you'd marry the bottles up just so it makes it easier for you to start, start taking some tricks mm-hmm. all over the world. Um, this one, I'd married up two bottles of Bushmills, set it down. Then I looked at the Bushmills on my right hand and it had the number 30 on it. And I thought, that's weird. We only had one bottle of 30. I looked back mm-hmm. and my left, the bottle that was now full was just regular Bushmills, which mm-hmm. at the time was probably made 20, 20 pounds or so. The Bushmills 30 used to retail at about 1,500 pounds. Oh, and I'd married oh. three fuckers together. I just need a minute. <laughs> I need a minute to just process what you're telling me right now. I was young. Just not paying oh, it. The same. It was literally just the label that said 30. That was the only difference. Now, now Kempo, what did you do from there? Because there, you know that there is only one move from, from that moment. I want to see... I See what you did. I poured everything into the thirty-year-old bottle. And put it <laughs> you did. Damn right, you did. That's a smart. And man. I said, That's "Fuck a- all about it." And you don't tell. <laughs> you don't tell a soul. 
And you know what? Nobody fucking could tell the difference, That's I'm great. sure. As long as they thought they were drinking 30, they yeah, were drinking 30. That is absolutely right. You're going to fucking believe it. To be fair, it's 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 not just regular bush bills. It's at least like 15 year at that point. Uh, though, yeah, exactly. You know? yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a ratio. Yeah. We'll split the, the difference. The fear that I had when I'd seen that empty bottle of 30, I thought, fuck, 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 fuck. But I, I did like a sigh, look around. Okay, no one's here. Put it right back in. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I love whoever actually orders it comes in. It was like, oh, we we have a lot more of that than I thought. That's great. I thought I had to get another bottle, but we're good for a while oh, now. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and you're you're smart, man. That's exactly what you had to do. You had to just you had to put it back in the more expensive bottle. No question about it. That is awesome. You're getting exclusive content on the show, people. That's right, Barflies. You know where to come for the inside track on all your wonderful local bartender stories. And that brings us to the last category of the first half of the gauntlet. Question number five, health code violations. Now, very important, Tempo, make sure that you protect the innocent and the guilty. Damn straight. I mean, you already outed yourself pretty yeah, well, exactly. but go on. <laughs> um, so this one, apart from, I mean, I'm not even calling my fingertip in the fridge a health code thing. because That was that fridge it wasn't. was not used. So it wasn't. I'm, I'm yeah. okay with that. That was, that was just the thing. Um, I haven't seen anything out of the ordinary in my years. I've seen, you know, customers drop or flip um, plates getting dropped and maybe not finding all the broken um, ceramic or glass in ice wells. It, it happens. The ones I've got taken notes of, again, I've accidentally put this in order of, okay, that's okay, so what the fuck were you doing? First one is I've seen, again, this was years and years and years ago, I've seen food being dropped in the kitchen, going straight back up on the plate and getting served. Yeah. It happens. Anyone can say, nah, it doesn't. It fucking happens. A little, <laughs> a little floor spice makes everything nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, another one, and I'm pretty sure this was the same place. I've seen Bishkek. He, he always had this rag around his neck, which he mops his head. I've seen him mop his head one day, and this was maybe seven, eight in the evening, so he'd had a full day service. Probably the same fucking towel. And he'd seen a smudge on the plate, so he just started rubbing it off. It wasn't coming, so he was really fucking going at it. I seen him lick the fucking towel. Oh, come on, guy. Then he finally got it, and he said, right, yeah, get the food on there, send it. And I was the one run that I thought, I should say something, but you'll fucking kill me. A lick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't a lick sweat towel. Yeah. And, Good God. Yeah. That was, it was fucking horrendous but again i know shit probably happens behind closed doors that we don't know about oh, or, yeah, or we have an inkling. you don't want to know yeah, about. exactly yeah. did you did you tell the guests that you like that the chef took extra special care of this one for I you i served the food and i stayed the fuck away from them after that just in case they sensed it or if they'd seen because in the in the uh, restaurant they had doors and there was this a big fucking window that you could see through you could see the chef's head if he stood up at the pass I just hope that they didn't actually see him. I mean, if they did, they didn't see what the fuck he was licking and cleaning. But Jesus I stayed Christ. away from him anyway. You, hopefully Jesus you won't Christ. ever say... <laughs> you shouldn't see a chef licking something in the kitchen. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I wonder what yeah. he's doing. <laughs> there yeah. used to be uh, a line cook I worked with who would... I'm not kidding. He would eat chicken wings every day. That was his... That's what he ate at work. And we're talking... I'm talking like sauced to the nines... 
buffalo wings, just sauce oozing off him. He would eat them with his bare hands right there on the line. And I can't tell you how many times he was like, he was eating and then he would just kind of like hop back in and try to do something. I'd be like, get away. Get away from me right now. <laughs> you are literally eating the worst, most disgusting thing possible to touch anything and you have no gloves on. It's just, it's, uh, uh. No. That's one that does really skeeve me out just because I don't like, I really just don't like other people's bodily fluids and coming in contact <laughs> with my food. No, just no you're, you're definitely an outlier Call there, me Steve. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> No, right, I mean, I mean that's why when it comes to health and hygiene, I'm I'm quite on it, and if, I'm bar. I, I'm only bar. Yeah, but, you strike me as a super clean bar guy, clean, organized. Yeah, yeah, organized definitely. If someone, if I'm starting a little later than the person who opened them, the bar's not set up. I'll have a fucking hissy fit and go, what? "Who the fuck set this bar up?" Yeah. And me knowing there's only one other person, and they're fucking scamming <laughs> right. <laughs> I've yeah. That's, if a bar gets too messy because other people are just leaving shit or not cleaning up, even just watermarks, I kick everyone off the fucking bar. Say go the fuck away. I can run this myself. Get off. I just I I like things to be neat, that, organized, me own place. That's you and me both, man. You and me both for sure. All right. Do you have any other health code violations yeah, before we move to halftime? One quick last one. Um, this was one I seen once in a bar in London. There's many bars in London that I've worked, so I'll leave that to any listeners to guess which one. They might have even been the person. <laughs> I watched this person at the end of the night as we were cleaning down. She was on the job of sweeping the floor. She swept the floor and she mopped the floor. And I watched her sweeping a fucking table. And I thought, that's fucking weird, but what? okay. Then she fucking mopped it. She got the no, fucking mop and she was mopping the tabletops. And I'm on the... Every single fucking one. With the dirty what? mop. What are, are you talking? What are you talking about? What are you what are you talking about? <laughs> she was she mopped the floor. She had dirty mop bucket water. She mustn't she mustn't notice how the tables haven't been cleaned probably, so she fucking mopped them all. The sweeping one I kind of was like, right, that's fine, sweep it on the floor, whatever. No customer. That's still that's still, still fucking weird, do it, though. yeah. But the mopping one, I I was buying breaking she mopped, down the bar she, itself. And I you was, think she mods her kitchen counters in her dining room table? Great question. Just, my God. That's how she was taught. There's an entire generation of a family. Like just, you know, my mom's mom and her mom before her mopped the table when, when dinner was done. Oh, my God. You, Mike, did you also notice that Kembo just said clean down instead of clean up? Uh, yeah. 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 I thought that was interesting. Do you always say clean down? Yeah, you clean down. I know, which, which makes Imagine sense, right? It makes sense. You start at the bar top, you clean down. You clean shelf, down. It makes sense. We say clean up for some reason. We're going to clean up. You start That's mopping the do. floors and then you mop the tables. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make I sense. I also love that uh, the way you told the story that you're like, uh, and then she did it to all the tables. So, which means. You're just standing there watching this grown woman. Mike, I mean, come on. Mike, listen. Let me tell you something. If I'm, you see something. I am here. Just mind my own business. I look over and I see. I'm like, I just thought, nah, I'm not going to say anything. That's, that's well, not. It, and it, it's too bizarre for my liking. I think, I think <laughs> despite the fact that you made the decision because you were like, I'm not getting involved. I got my own work to do. I don't think you should ever interrupt something like that. Oh no! no. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's like a rare sighting of a of it's a like, mysterious animal. Exactly, in nature. exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. finding a dodo bird. You just like 
You stand at a, a safe distance and you take pictures with your iPhone. That's what you do. That's what you do, man. That's crazy. That's insanity. Oh my now, uh, god! How and this is this was a coworker, obviously. I mean, is yeah, this was, how she did it every single time? I, I'd never seen her do it before, and that was one of my last shifts there. So I don't think we were ever on shift again. Uh, where we weren't there yeah. to the to death, both of us. Dude, but, I'll tell you what. If like an if like a manager had run out at that moment and been like, Lydia, what are you doing? I'd be like, you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you don't, don't you don't. You're gonna fucking ruin this. <laughs> Oh, my God. Unbelievable, my friend. You are slaying, slaying the gauntlet. We have now made it to halftime. Um, I don't, uh, we're going to take a quick little break, Barflies. We will be back in a jiffy. We just got to clean down and clean up and mop some tables. And we'll be right back. Welcome back, Barflies. What a halftime it was. Psych! Just fucking kidding. It's still halftime. And you know why it's still halftime? Because you motherfuckers, you hit that goddamn skip button, all the fucking post-production work that Michael does for you, you hit that skip button, and you go right in the second half of the gauntlet, and you don't appreciate the wonderful executive producers that are they're putting their hard-earned money on the line to support us and bring you this unbelievable motherfucking podcast. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to the names of these special people that Mike's about to read, okay? And their drink of choice. You know why? Because they're not just barflies. They are the executive motherfucking producers for this episode. This free content that's going into your fucking ear hole right now. <laughs> so listen up. And by the way, if you do want to be an executive producer, get your name and your drink of choice shouted out during halftime. All you got to do is leave a tip on PayPal under the Bartender Ramp Podcast at gmail.com. Mike, take it away. Thank you to all of our wonderful guests that have come on the show, obviously. Thank you to all of you listeners. You guys truly drive this and, and make it make it. It's already fun for us to do this, but you guys really make this something that we want to keep doing and, and keep growing. But we need to give a shout out to our Patreon members. So yeah. Chandler, our executive producers, our executive pro producers, Chandler, thank you so much for your support. Yeah. Regina Grace, Brandon, bartenders, shout out to bartenders. Thank you for your support. Leo, Leo from Brazil, now living in Paris. Thank you very much for your support, my friend. Big Daddy Mike. Mm, uh, Mikey Sr. And then Javier. Thank you, Javier, for your support. And then the wonderful Leah Grace. We were talking about Leah earlier tonight. Yeah, wow. Such a sweetheart. Such yes. a sweetheart. Love you, Leah. She really is. And uh, then uh, Justin from, can I say the name? Of the place where he works? Absolutely. Das Beer Hall. Hey, what? Chris. We're getting some support from Das. Thank I, you, Justin. I, I, I want to say personally, uh, uh, this particular individual is a guy that has supported me, has supported the Das brand, and when he heard that we had a podcast, he immediately subscribed unsolicited. He oh, did, how did he not know? We've been doing this for two and a half years. He was a new... With your gigantic mouth. No, he was a, he was a new <laughs> addition to our team. Oh, okay. So we've only met oh, What recently, a guy. Thank you, but Justin. But he jumped right in the pool. He believed in what we were doing. He hadn't even listened to an episode. And uh, he has since. It makes more sense why and, he subscribed. Uh, just really appreciate him. <laughs> he's, he's a man. She's a good dude. And uh, just a big shout out to, to Big Tress, man. Thank you so much. And also shout out to his new place, The Local... Please, if you're in the Baltimore region, go check out the local in White Marsh. It's an unbelievable, unbelievable restaurant. Great chef there. Yeah. And, and Justin's your GM. And shameless plug, if you want to get 
one of your names on these upcoming episodes. Yeah. Join our Patreon. We got some good bonus content on there. We got more producer. coming. Or send us a dollar. your resume. Send us a buck or two on uh, at, to uh, the Bartender Rant Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Fuck it. Send $3. Yeah, send three. You know, Or just let them take over your house. My God. I'm still trying to recover from the first half. I, the image of a young bar maid mopping tables. It's just, I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to be able to work today. Like it's just going to actually, you know what I should do? I might close the bar tonight by pulling out the mop and mopping some of the tables. <laughs> like it's the most normal thing. And we always do this, don't we? Um, that might really throw off some of my coworkers, but I'll tell you, if you have not, for whatever reason, if you missed that story, Rewind. Go listen to, to uh, question number five from this episode again, because that shit was crazy. Um, Kempo, welcome back. My God, my friend, you have been uh, delivering, and we appreciate, again, your patience, but, but just your vulnerability to tell us all these wonderful stories. Um, are you having fun so far? I am indeed, yeah. Fantastic. Well, guess what? Your fun is about to come to an end, Kempo, <laughs> because the second half of the gauntlet is where we really turn the screws. And as you know, we always like to start with the kickoff of our second half. A little question we call Rancher Blue Cheese. What blue is your cheese. opinion on Rancher Blue? Really? Blue okay, blue yeah, he knows. He's he's listened to the show. He knows. Fine. He did throw me off. I didn't know you asked that question. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Uh, really? I'm only on episode 25. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So uh, early on uh, in the proceedings, we were doing it, and then we kind of forgot for a little bit. And now, every time we come out of halftime, it's Rancher Blue Cheese. I'm trying to re- weed out the ranch elitists. Uh, Midtown, like, mid- like Midtown Chad Midtown Brown. Midtown Chad Brown was actually going to come on the show and be like, I am a ranch elitist. He was going to wear a t-shirt and have a sign. He was going to have like the, the background, have like a ranch like flag, right, yeah, like, yeah. like some, <laughs> some kind of like autocracy or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah, like... Like Stalin's Russia, but uh, instead of <laughs> communism, we pray at the Church of Ranch. Um, look, I uh, I appreciate you uh, being a blue cheese eater, answering that question so quickly, and that's why we're going to move on. Yeah, well, I was going to say, though, to be fair, ranch isn't really a thing in the UK, right? You get it some places. I mean, you can buy bottles of it in most like supermarkets and stores. But it's uh, just but not it used in restaurants, really, no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what do you eat with uh, what do you eat with fish and chips? Is it really strictly vinegar if you're eating fish and chips? And uh, well, yeah, most of the time comes fish and chi- um, fish and chips comes with uh, salt and vinegar as a standard. But then you get yeah, yeah. in restaurants you get a pot of what's called tartar sauce. Yeah, tartar sauce. Yeah. Yep. Um, so where yeah. you know, obviously Baltimore being a big seafood town, yeah. we are very passionate about our tartar sauce. Every restaurant makes their own tartar sauce here. Every restaurant makes their own cocktail sauce here. Mm-hmm. Um. It's just like that's the thing you do, and there's very big fights about who makes the best tartar, makes the best cocktail. It's Ocean Pride, by the way. Um, just in case anybody was wondering, um, and that's undisputable. Uh, but I will tell you this: fish and chips all over America. Guess what it gets served with? I'm not kidding. It gets literally served with ranch. That is the paired condiment at so many restaurants for fish and chips. So let that, um, let that stew for all you UK listeners at the really moment. How ridiculous be, that is. I, I want to share a quick uh, thought. I remember when I was working back at Bluestone. Um, uh, somebody shout ordered, out. Somebody ordered, um, somebody ordered 
mayonnaise with their fries. And I was like, I, I was, I was judging them. So I'd never heard about that or anything. I was like, because I'm from the Midwest. I was like, you motherfucking Midwest piece of treat mayonnaise on your French fries. You garbage person. What's wrong with you? And then all my coworkers were like, no, 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 that's a, it's a European thing. It's a European thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, oh, okay. And then I tried it, and I actually really like mayonnaise with my French. So. Are you, now, I got to ask you both, and this is a deviation. I know we got to get back into the gauntlet. Are you guys ketchup people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Depends. But like, same. Like, I like ketchup. But I, what I'm, what I really am saying is like, there are these people I'm learning, and I had no idea this was a thing that they would like drink ketchup. Ketchup goes on everything. I don't, I don't my, find my, ketchup. My like, I don't Dude, get shout, it, man. Shout out, shout out Carl Bush in the, in the podcast. Do you want to start a tab? Uh, please check him out. If oh, you absolutely. like the show, they, they are a, they are like a 30 minute, you know, digestible version. It's not a three hour fucking slog through the gauntlet. Like we do. Um, the episode that I was on with Carl Bush. Did you listen to that, Steve? I haven't. I'll really, really quick. I'll just give you the the Reader's Digest here. This fucking guy comes in drunk as shit, like hammered, and orders a burger and uh, fries, and he gets a bottle of ketchup set down next to him. And the guy sits there and drunkenly just like just smashes the burger into his face, eats all the fries, finishes everything, gets food everywhere, and then he looks up and he grabs the full bottle of ketchup and he just tips it back and oh and just downs the entire bottle oh. and then sets it on the on the bar top and it's like no ah. no <laughs> and, then, and then there's more to the story but it just walks away like it's everything Look, is completely normal he's, he's the same guy who's mopping fucking tables yeah for sure <laughs> exactly. for sure for sure you know um Look, in my fat boy days, did I pull up to a McDonald's more than a few times, get my large fry, douse it with ketchup, and then drink it? Like, drink the French fries? But, sure. like, kind of while, while the, yeah, while it's in your mouth, kind sure of thing. Yeah, I yeah. did, right? Yeah, yeah. Fair. But I'm fair, just fair. telling you, man, the idea of just squirting acid soaked <laughs> tomato sauce just straight into my gullet and having just fiery heartburn and terrible shits for two days does not sound like in any way appealing to me. I don't understand it. I think ketchup's okay. I don't think it needs to be as prevalent as in our society. Use it for fries. Use it for meatloaf. That's about the end of the equation for me. Maybe on a burger, but I prefer mayonnaise. I prefer mayonnaise on my burger anyway. So anyway, look, let's keep it moving. I've gone on another (laughs) wild tangent. Mike, hit the banner for question number six. Ratchet and crazy customers, like people who squirt fucking ketchup into their fucking mouths. Pieces of <laughs> yeah, shit. What a, what a fucking like a fucking human. piece of shit, like a garbage human. <laughs> All right. Now, listen, this category is about the customers acting foolish, right? The wild, crazy, ratchet customers. And I know. Or, or in this case, not we're not talking about customers. We're talking about punters. Let's, punters. Let's exactly. <laughs> All the wild and crazy punters. And I know for a fact, working in the UK, you got a few people having 10 pints in a bar and getting a little sloppy. So I can't wait to hear about those stories. But Mike, explain that this is more than just ratchet behavior. Yeah, we, we do love the crazy stories about the, the, those you know, ridiculous people that come in. But we've had to expand this too because uh, some, some guests that come in just really strike a chord with you or you have a really good connection with or they just you know, really leave an impact on you. So this can also be memorable customers as well. Okay. Um- so this one was 
I was a bit stuck on, to be honest, because I've been, especially working in the hotel in Ireland, we had guests from all over the country come and visit us. Um, working in London, similar thing. You've got different faces every day. But there are, there are a few that I've definitely like, singled down, if you will. One, there was a guy from the States, from, I think he was Massachusetts, maybe. He used to come over to the hotel every year, usually around Christmas, stay for about two weeks and then go back. He said it was for work. When I, was right, when I wrote his name down, I thought back, I never once asked him what the fuck he does. He could be like an international hitman or some fucking weird thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he'd always come over and, you know, he'd walk in tw- uh, 11 and a half months later and pick up a conversation we had just had the previous year. Mm. You know, we wouldn't speak, I don't think Instagram or Facebook was a thing then, but we wouldn't speak on email or calls or anything. It was just, we'd pick up where we left off last time. And that was always good, especially around Christmas in that hotel. If it wasn't weddings and functions on, working on the main like residence bar, it would get really dull at, at times. Because when you spend, spend that much money to stay, to paying that much money to spend a night in the hotel, you wanted to go out to a cheaper bar. Only people who would, mm. would stay in the bar just maybe have a drink or coffee or tea. This guy who stayed there all fucking night, and no matter who was working, he'd spark up a conversation with him and just chat for hours and hours. He wouldn't spend a huge amount of money. He'd leave a good tip. But, um, yeah, he'd, he'd just leave feeling better for himself and making our night go by a little bit quicker. That's always one that he's always, always mm. stuck in my mind as, as one of those customers that you, you know, you're just never going to forget him. He's all- and, and nothing, nothing too crazy, but just a good, just a good, customer. yeah, a good customer of a good relationship and well, somebody who remembers you as well. It's always a good sign, mm. good thing. The way you're describing him, it's almost like he's not real. Like he's a ghost of. I'm serious. <laughs> he's a ghost I'm in the serious. hotel. Like, I mean, really of, a, of a good same. customer, isn't it? it? Just doesn't always exist. But yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, and it's it's almost this amalgamous name, face, conversation that helps you pass the time, and it's uh. It, it is interesting. We, um, we work in a business where we're so intimate with our clientele, right? Like so many other professions, even on a, a customer-facing out, outside sales role, when you are very, you know, like the job you're in now, right? You're spending a lot of time with your customer face-to-face, but it's way different. You don't stay there with them during the entire transaction, right? Like it's super intimate. And we have a drug involved. We have alcohol involved, right? It is, there's a lot of barriers and walls taken down. And, and it's, it's funny because we, when we ask this question, so many of our guests tell us these stories about these people are so special to them. They went to their kid's baptism. You know, they got invited to a wedding. They went on a trip with them. You know, these intimate, intimate uh, relationships. As a bartender or server, sometimes you just want somebody to help you get through the day a little bit easier. And that is like the most impactful thing. Yeah. So that's why the way you describe him, it's almost like this guy is like, he's kind of like floats in yeah. and out of the ether to but the I bar. Think, which I think that's cool. what sort of gave him his memorableness, if you will. So yeah. he, he, was, he was a regular, but only for two weeks every year. If he was a regular every week, every day of the year, it'd be different. It'd be different. Because you might even get tired of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. because you'd, you'd be looking, thinking, "Oh shit, it's December now." Joseph normally comes around, you know, second week of December. I'd be good to see him. And then when he'd arrive, like, "How you doing, man? What, long time, blah blah." Let's pick up exactly where we left off. Yeah, what, what, what that, that's in the, 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's one of the the really uh, discerning things is that he would pick up the exact conversation yeah. that you were having before. Like that's that kind of makes it that a little bit more special. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like he was genuinely interested in in what you were well, talking about and, and what you were sharing. Yeah, and you guys shared that moment, right? Like, yeah, that picking back up with the conversation is makes you feel like he was really present in it, and I was yeah. really present in it, and that that that's very grounding. So, yeah. um, it does. <laughs> I I wonder if he really is a ghost though. Like <laughs> he's the ghost of Christmas <laughs> at the hotel. He yeah, sits know, at the yeah. bar and he orders his drinks and he talks to you through your shit. <laughs> Which uh, the way the way that things have been going, <clears throat> uh, this episode probably won't be released until next year. But uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> what? Uh, so I don't know if this will be released before October thirty first. But dude, I want to have like a little bonus thing of bartending ghost, ghost stories. stories. Yeah, the that ghost be stories so much have fun. been have been prevalent on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. at, at, and I don't think I had never experienced anything. A lot of the bars I you know, I'd worked in are fairly new buildings, right? Um, I've worked in a few that were definitely like historic, historic buildings, mm-hmm. but I don't have any personal ghost stories. I just, the more guests that we've had on where it seems if, to be a thing. If you're, if you're a listener that is, that likes ghost stories like that, go listen to, um, fuck, uh, Trent? not, I, I, no, no, no. Um, from Vegas, Tiki bar. Why can't I think of this? Oh, name right uh, Adam rain. Adam Rains, yeah, go check out Adam Rains' episode because that the Golden Tiki in Vegas. The is Golden Tiki is haunted. haunted. <laughs> yeah. I'm convinced. I'm convinced yeah. the Golden Tiki is haunted. They also so. have, uh, they also have uh, penises on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Re- haunted penises. Haunted real penises. It's, on a, the wall. it's a penis that'll haunt your the rest of your life. Right <laughs> okay, now. Let's, let's keep going. Question number seven. <laughs> Question number seven. <laughs> Fights, arrests, and fires. Now. This is when shit pops off, and we want to hear what people are made of. I'm a huge pyro. I love a good fire. I don't want the bar to burn down, but occasionally I like it when they don't clean the hood vents enough and the grease catches on fire, and it gets a little smoky in there because I want to see if Sally, the assistant manager, has the chops to hold shit down. So tell us what happens and how people handle shit when it pops off. Okay, come. Cool. I've actually got one of each. I've got a fight, a fire, and an arrest. Love All right. I think, uh, you know what? This is the first time. First you. time on the show. Look good at for that. you. Uh, so I'll start with a fight. This one's just... This, this could have fallen into mistakes and fuck-ups, to be honest as well. Um, it was a night in the poorhouse and the cocktail bar was working in shoes were here. Busy-ish night, but not too busy, but I had to be on the bar constantly. So I was mingling with guests, chatting to them, taking glasses, just doing what general manager usually would do when they're not needed on the bar. I... Turn back to go back to the bar, chatting to the customer, literally turn back around, and this guy just fucking headbutts me. For no, for, in my opinion, no! for no fucking reason whatsoever. So I go, at the time I wore contacts, luckily, so I didn't have my glasses. I drop, and I'm like, that just fucking happened. I looked at me, he's staring at me like this. So I, just, I grabbed him, started like getting him towards the front door, and to get to the security. He's with two mates, his two mates start kicking off. My bartender, who's seen what's happened, well, seen as much as I've happened, start shouting for security, blah, 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 get these fuckers out, get them out. One of his mates picks up a glass. We used to use just, we had our regular garnish trays down below, but on top we kept glasses for mint and blackberries. Uh, he picked up a blackberry glass, launched it on my bartender's head, which hit him over the head. Oh, oh my God. God. Our, our security's in. 
He's got he's got me over two, and I've got this guy still who headbutt me. We, we've got him out. We've kicked him out. We've put him across the pub watch. It's like a radio link around town and the police. Just saying, look, assault, drunk, don't let him in. That's their night ended. You're not getting in any of the venue. Oh, that's cool. Wait, it's a pub watch. It's like this. It's um, this like a radio. I, mean, I, I can, I can use this. all the other. Yeah, I can use this as a don't fuck about in Shrewsbury plug if you want. There's a, every pub in town and bar, restaurant, hotel. They've all got a radio. And they're all linked. Get the fuck out of here. You this have is a, incredible. You have a bar. Hold on, honey. You have a bar to bar walkie talkie system? And to the security cameras, which are monitored by the police. This is so cool. <laughs> I thought it was a standard thing in, in cities. No, oh, we don't no. have any of this. You're missing out, guys. <laughs> Dog, do you know how many bars I've been tossed from for acting like an asshole and then yeah. I just walk into the bar across the street and they serve or me. the same fucking or right bar back from a in. different entrance yeah, absolutely dude I'm coming right back in and as long Yo, as again shout out Carl Bush go listen to do you want to start a tab when Steve was on and you'll hear what a degenerate oh, this man is man. No, the yeah, sharpie he... licking story yeah, <laughs> yeah he definitely you walk out the doors if you're putting pub, it's just called pub watch if you're putting pub wow. watch, that is your night done you're not getting served that is so cool in any venue Dude, that's I just I want to see like that. a cop style television show yeah. for Pub Watch. Oh yes, yes, <laughs> I'm with you. That actually has some this legs. Is description: three males, this size, this age, blah blah. And then every every bar would say yet received. Who 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 typically mans like the the radio? Uh, usually the security. If we've got security, mm-hmm. we do, at, the, at that bar we only had security on Friday Saturday nights. But if you don't have security, it'd be up with the manager on duty. You just set it behind the bar and you'd kind of listen in if somebody calls something out. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. That is amazing. That is so exciting. I that, love would make that. Si- that would make <laughs> sitting at the bar so much fun, too, because you could just be having a nice drink and then it's like, uh, three white males, uh, assault, uh, kick them out. It's like you, you're like running to the windows, like trying to see what's going on. Dude, can you imagine <laughs> Fell's point with that? Just people oh, rolling God. up and down the cobblestone trying to bounce from bar to bar as they're getting called out on Pub Watch. Oh, <laughs> oh, it is. Man, it I would incredible. love that. It is fairly known around town as well by people who aren't in the industry. I mean, I remember someone who's a friend of the owner's, like genuine friend. I know the owner, but he's a genuine idiot. He's a friend. Yeah. And he's drunk and we refused some service. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll leave. Please don't put me on pub watch. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, let me finish this. So these guys, yeah, the guys are right. gone. We've pub watched and we're not getting served anywhere. The night ends. I'm, I mean, we're doing clean up or we're doing cash up. Tended to our wounds. Um, and I checked, checked back with cameras to get more details for the, the Why face. he fucking headbutted you in the face. Yeah. And I watched myself, perfect angle of the camera. I'm talking to these customers. His mates are all fucking around and pushing each other and just playing, not, not being dicks. The guy that headbutt me turned and tripped over a stool and went like that. His head just connected with mine on his fold. Wow. Oh, it was a mistake. It was a complete fucking mistake. That's why, okay, even though I look oh, like no. shit this morning, we're, we're going to release this video because that's why when you described him looking back at you, like, I saw a look of surprise yeah. in your face. I was like, what, did this guy, he was he like, you know, I've always wanted to headbutt somebody. I've never <laughs> done it before. I'm going to just see what it's about. But no, it was just a complete <laughs> accident. But then, I felt so bad. I've never seen but it. His buddy, yeah. But his buddy, then, yeah, he, but he, then did start, he did start a fight yeah. by launching a fucking projectile at my team. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, I'm amazed he didn't say like, "Oh, I'm sorry, it was an accident." Yeah. I tried. Nothing was said. I just grabbed him. Yo, he's still like, Ugh. 
Yeah, because you know what? In that sense, it, it's actually you kind of headbutted him, really. You know, I, I think he got the <laughs> worst of the the exchange. And he was just a little, he was a little dazed and confused Look, there. Frankly, to make you feel better and maybe uh, put your guilt to rest, uh, knowing that it was just purely an accident. If he was not coherent enough to explain, oh, I just tripped. That was an accident. He probably needed to go anyway. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, we'll stick with so. That. It, all in all in all, I think you guys did the right thing, but what are the odds, man? Know, what are the fucking odds? When I see That's like it, some I'm final watching, destination I'm like, I'm shit. it every time and kept going, fuck, no, I can't be right. I just ruined that guy's <laughs> You almost wanted the video to change, like, to yeah. justify it? But then as I watched it, I seen the Blackberry glass get hit, or get thrown apart. That yeah. was deserved. Fuck it. Did, yeah. the bre- yeah. did the Blackberry glass, I mean, we're talking smash. about it. It was like a rocks okay, glass. But yeah, that's got a heart. That had to be yeah, that's well. dangerous, man. He, he that cracked is him cool. here, and he had like um, is it the dermal piercing? Oh yeah. So it hit him here and slipped down and like caught that. So that was bleeding. But that's why I thought initially mm. was he was bleeding because it had smashed in his face. Oh, like snuck. Yeah. It like tugged it. It just it, like, tugged, tugged it. it. Yeah, and he had like a yeah. bit of bruise inside his head. But apart from that, damn. Well, one other quick question. So whenever somebody gets put on pub watch, like how long does that typically last? I mean, obviously for the rest of the night, but I mean, yeah, so, is it something to where those people. So we have pub watch meetings every, usually every month, two months. What? Oh man, what they have freaking meetings. Dude, and oh my God, you guys are doing a lot. You're doing it right, man. If there's something big kicks off and like, you know, if there's a massive brawl in the bar, there'll be an emergency pub watch meeting. All the CCTV footage will be taken and we'll say, right, who was actually involved? Who deserved to be banned for, it usually goes one year, two year, or three year. From every premises. What? Yeah. It's that formal, though. And it, Yeah. So say you're on a, a one-year ban. Ten months in, you go into a venue. that You get another year added on. Oh, it starts over. It's, a, it's yeah. harsh. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Dude, can, can, we, can we have... You, you're in Shrews, uh, Shrewsbury. Am I saying yeah. that right? Yeah. Can we have your permission to print up uh, Pub Watch t-shirts for our merchandise store, please? <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to. We need to. Is there, is there, do you guys have like an insignia or a seal or anything? Call like your that? local bars. Uh, yeah. No, we do. We probably do. Need, actually, to be fair, a friend of mine is, he's a, like a graphic designer. He does t-shirts and stuff. Yeah. Oh, something. please. It's like a cocktail shaker in the middle, like with legs and smiley face and just written around it is um everyone's night's better when you don't be a dick or something like that yeah and he's, he's getting yeah, them out to print in a couple of weeks so i've said them that's great some sponsorship that's great. That in the bars and shoes uh when it, when, whenever you it's, uh, have him send us the link and we'll put it up on our instagram so yeah, if we'll anybody wants to, to purchase it. one they can get yeah, it. yeah we'd yeah. love to promote it for sure yeah, I, i'll yeah. tell you our our system is a little more um unrefined okay <laughs> if you uh if you cause shit in the bar a very large six foot five to six foot eight black man in a full flak jacket is going to appear out of nowhere and he's going to pick you up from the top of your head kind of like the claw game <laughs> from machines, toy story yeah. <laughs> and he's just going to pick you up and the next thing you know you're going to be not so nicely strewn out onto the concrete um with no questions asked no conversations had um, no emergency meetings <laughs> you will be allowed you will be allowed back in the very next day Really, no matter almost anything you've done, we're not going to tell any other bars in the area that you are causing shit. The only real time where you get banned is if it's an inappropriate situation, like you're being like uh, you're being a creep, right? You're touching yeah. women, you're being inappropriate with them, you're making them feel uncomfortable, um, and that goes both ways. It's not gender specific, but if you're making people feel sexually uncomfortable mm-hmm. or 
um, you know, if there's a, uh, a chronic problem, you're fighting every time. You're not paying yeah. your bill every time. Yeah. And we always start the same way. If it's if it's in any way like sexual related, you're just done. You're you're not coming back here. You're banned. If we see you, you're done. We don't call another bar. You know what I mean? Um, if it is one of those chronic problems, not paying tabs, fighting, shit like that, we start with a two-week ban, then we go to a month-long ban, and then that's it. You're done for, yeah. for life, period. You that's can't come in. Very, very fair. I Until we've forgotten who you are and you grow a beard. And, yeah, uh, you grow a <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Um, all right. I know you have an arrest and a fire, so let's get to those two. Sorry, that was I love that pub that watch. That's incredible. I had no idea. <laughs> no, that sounds so. That was a fight. The fire. I'll say fire for last because it's, it's, it's a short one. The arrest was again in the poorhouse was not a dangerous place to go drinking, but every now and again we had shit happen. When shit happened, it was a big thing. Um, I was in there on my day off with my wife and my mother, her partner, and my stepfather, family. Having a coffee, just drinks. Um, and the manager on duty was about six or seven months pregnant. Managed and fine, so carrying on. And I went out for a cigarette, and this guy was just fucking hammered. And he was like, can I, can I get a lighter, mate? Can I get a lighter? And his head wouldn't fucking stay still. Panned him off, and I said to the manager on duty, I said, just keep an eye on him. Get him a pub watch if you need. Um, then he came in, he started getting really aggressive and really, like, Arms everywhere it could have been dangerous for the manager in well, just anyone in general. So I jumped up, I grabbed the radio, I started radioing into the police direct rather than pubs, just saying I needed police assistance. As I'm doing that, he slaps the camp the radio away from me, so I hadn't given him given a chance to say where I was, what mm -hmm. this guy was like, anything like that. And we're in this like fucking grapple. We're, we're going at it for a while, not fighting necessarily, but just scuffling, if you will. Right. Next thing I know, I'm being hoisted up into the air, and this guy's still here, and we're still like this. And we go flying out the back doors, which are two kick bar doors, and we're then in the, the, the back car park. I look around, and I see my mate, who was a chef across the road, who had his pub watch radio turned on, recognized my voice. And he came in, and he just picked both of us up. He's a big guy, like 20 stone. Picked the guys, both of us up, barged us both through the doors, and he said, Right, I just had to get you both out because there was kids, there was families and all. I was like, thank you. So he ends up holding this guy down. I get back to the radio, get the police out to arrest this guy. Please take him away and that was job done. But it was just bizarre how quickly it fucking went from can I have a lighter to us fucking fighting on the floor. And my chef mate, he still never lets me down about this. He broke his favorite, uh, favorite pen, which he had tucked into his chef jacket. Oh, uh, picking you both up? Yeah. yeah. Broke a pen and still to this day he says I own a pen. No pen I buy him will do. <laughs> of course. So, <laughs> good so, for him. Joe, if you're listening, you know, mate, I'll get you a fucking gold plated pen if you want. Yeah, you can get him the one that writes upside down in space. space pen, yeah. It's still not gonna be good enough. Yeah. 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 Um, I love it. Pub pub watch to the rescue again. This yeah. is incredible. I love how he recognized your voice too. That's awesome. Because you don't even get the location out, but he's like it's it's like all it's I said, like the, I think all I said was um Sierra 99, we need assistance at. And then, that's and then it got slapped. Yeah. Ooh, 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 quick question. Do, does Pubwatch um, have any codes? Do you guys have codes you use over the airwaves? Yeah, yeah so Pubwatch is what most sounds. I love this so much. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I love this. Shoes I feel free. like a junior firefighter. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So Shrewsbury, we use phonetics. Well, everybody uses phonetics to first tell you what town you're in. So Shrewsbury is Sierra. 
Sarah, just put okay. things you're in Shrewsbury, and then it'd be mm-hmm. uh, Cam Sarah Sarah Poorhouse to Cam would be cameras. Can you keep an eye on this person? Sarah Poorhouse to nine nine would be police. And we used to have one like um, I don't even know what the fuck they were. They, they'd go around at night in a van and help people who are too drunk by you know giving them a cup of tea or a biscuit or stuff like that. This isn't fucking. Okay. All right, hold on, hold on. You know, hold on. <laughs> I have a- hey there, mate. Would you care for a biscuit? You look a bit tipsy. <laughs> well, and they give them flip flops as well. I don't know why the flip flops was the thing. Off, dude. What are you talking about? Like free oh, shoes? Yeah, they were, they, called, give- they were called the Shrewsbury Street Pastors. What is happening? What is happening right now? All right, listen, listen. The closest thing we have to this is I went to uni, as you say, at West Virginia University, and there's something there called drunk breakfast. Now, that's not what it's actually called. That's what all of the kids call it, right? Okay. So if, I, if Ireland is known for people who can really drink some beer and have a good party, West Virginia is known for the same goddamn thing. Right. It, is the, it is the party school of all party schools in the US, right? Um, and this is the reputation it has. So if you go to school there, the school has always been hell-bent on kind of diverting some of the party scene and trying to provide like non-alcoholic options for people on like Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. So mm-hmm. they came up with this idea that every single night from midnight to 5 a.m., they would provide free food and non-alcoholic drinks in like the student union, right? And yeah. it was, it, it, it's it, what it's called is like dub V after dark. And like they would have like laser tag and play movies. And so if you didn't want to go out to the bars drinking, you could go there you could have an activity and you could eat, eat some nachos, drink a soda, whatever. But they would put out this massive spread of free food. And so what it has become now is everybody just goes to the bar or on their way to the bar from a house party. You just stop by drunk breakfast and you grab some nachos. <laughs> it's great, dude. It's great. So that's the closest thing we have to something like that. There's not a lot of support for the, the drinking crowd. You know, It's not like people are helping out in these streets. But hold on. Before we get to the fire story, there is an incredibly important question I need to ask you. So Mike already said, do you use code words? And you said, yes. You know, we say Sierra Poorhouse, Cam, you know, Sierra Poorhouse, uh, nine, nine, right? For these different things. Do you have a sign off name, Kempo? Oh, radio handle. <laughs> I mean, are you, is, are there, are, do we have Maverick and Goose yeah, on, 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 the, yeah. on, the, on the fucking pub watch? No. I mean, you it's have to sign off as Kempo. Yeah, Kempo, over and out. <laughs> it would be, yeah, just like at the beginning when he first turned the radio on. You never used like bar name, like people's names. It was always just a bar. So it'd be when he first turned the radio on at the ship, it'd be Sierra, um, Sierra Poorhouse to Cam, can I get a radio check? That's yeah. fine. Yeah, received. Thank you, standby. But it's only because wow. the police and like government essentially are involved in it. We never took the piss too much. But yeah. if yeah. we had yeah. our own, just the bartenders had a radio link. That's where that shit would come in. I was just wondering if anybody yeah. signs off with a cool name, you know, you know, this is Dr. Thunder over and out. So can you tell us just a little bit more about the street pastors too? Yeah, yeah Shrewsbury so Street Pastors. I never seen them when I was in London, but I know we definitely had them in Ireland. In Ireland, we had essentially like a, you know, like a trailer that goes on to an 18-wheeler truck. Yeah. Big mm. fucking things. A lorry, right? A lorry, yeah. That would be filled with benches, uh, tea and coffee making facilities, sandwiches, hot food, coffee, all sorts. That was in Ireland. And they'd give you um, like fruit juice and, and, again, flip-flops. I don't know what the thing is with flip-flops. 
just just for being drunk outside. Yeah, essentially, like after a similar thing to your drunk breakfast. I never live there. I would I would die. I would just become a homeless <laughs> drunk person. But yeah, in Shrewsbury, we're so excited by this idea. <laughs> just you, you, could you imagine if you were walking around in Fells Point or Camden and or something, like, Here, and you're drunk, stumbling down, and then some like Irish man pulls up with a truck and he's got sandwiches and shoes and juice boxes. Here, get in. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, get in. <laughs> like, well, my mom told me I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. Yeah, but you lost that shoe in a fight. Are you sure you don't want these flip flops? <laughs> I think the flip flopping links back like. When girls go out wearing high heels and oh, or that is the only thing I've ever thought okay. kind of makes sense. But I know I've had flip flops yeah. off before. No fucking reason. Look, ladies, ladies, if you commit to the high heels, you gotta commit to the high Unless heels. Unless they break. I- Okay, if they break, that's different. But I, I just like you see them because it's like, I'm sorry, but you're kind of like, defeating the whole purpose. You sound like an ignorant. It's a sham. Right it's now. a sham. You, you don't you even gotta commit to that. Hold on, hold on a second. Let's. Goddamn right. right. I also right. wouldn't take my shoes off and walk around barefoot right. down Fells Point. It's a safety issue. Right. I'm concerned right. about their feet. High, That's let's high, leave it at that. Michael, Michael, high heels are literally invented by men to make women's asses look better. Okay, and you're gonna now sit here oh as a God. man. Now it's a, now it's a patriarchy. No, issue. I'm just saying you're gonna sit here <laughs> as a man and man. You don't. You've never even worn a man's play. No, it just looks. It that looks is. ridiculous. It looks ridiculous. You look ridiculous. The whole reason you're you wearing them is to look good, right and now. then you're walking around carrying your shoes okay, barefoot. Let's keep it, going. It, it, it's just it defeats the purpose. I'm just put on you. some pumps and have a good you. night. Okay. I'm gonna mute you. <laughs> So I'm not sure. I'm sorry. I'm not sure what your argument is. You want less heels in the world? That's not a world I want to live in. Okay. <laughs> you want less heels? You know what we should do? Here's what we should do. We should invent a shoe that you can like jack up and down. So that way, if it gets a little uncomfortable, you no, can just they already lower have, the heel. They, they actually make uh, women's shoes that have removable heels. You just there you go. So there you go. There's the solution. I'm sorry. I just think it is so ridiculous when I see girls all dressed Look, up and man. they're walking around carrying their shoes. You wouldn't. Like, you, you failed. You failed. You would. You just. <laughs> you would have been I don't think they failed. My God, man. You would have been blown away, Mike, to see what it's like every year when at West Virginia when the weather turns and it starts snowing sideways on the fucking mountain. And you see these women in a mini skirt and a tube top and six inch stilettos walking up a fucking 70 inch incline snow and wind going in every direction because they're committed to their fucking outfits dude that yeah. is a level of dedication you can't even understand anyway no, I, I agree we need i need to hear about Not the far. fire and we got to move on tell yeah. me all right so tell me your fire story fire is nice short and sweet i can't name him because he fucking loves it sam was a guy I had his work as a bartender in Poros. Again, Poros just for us. Shut up. All fucking Poros. Anyway, we had um, Gosling's 151. We knew it lit on fire because we do like layered drinks and have a bit of a top fire on fire. Yeah. When Sam realized that he could pour some in his mouth and hold the blowtorch and blow fire, that's when it was a fucking game changer. <laughs> I should mention this. Sam had a big bushy beard down to no. here. Oh, no. <laughs> he singed himself a few times. Luckily, he, ne- he never fully burnt himself, and our ceiling wasn't a problem. It was freezer block, so it was never going to go on fire. But the amount of times after he realized he could blow fire, he thought, well, if I can blow fire, I can probably put fire in, in my hand and light it. <laughs> I seen him do it to a customer before. He's like, here, watch this. It won't burn you, I promise. He poured a little pill of 151, lit it, and the customer went, oh, yeah, that's fucking great. And then she went to do this, and then her other hand's on fire. And it's just like, <laughs> she's doing this, and this. It's a flame fucking, fucking everywhere. And again, I'm, I'm there. I'm just watching it going, it'll be okay. Sam will do something. 
No, Sam's just there laughing his fucking head off. <laughs> I was like, Sam already did too much. Okay, yeah, I love Sam. We can't rely Sam, on Sam yeah, to fix the situation. Him. He and I, he and I are already cut from the same cloth because I would do the same. I would just laugh, pure joy and laugh in his face. He's just yes. so happy with it. Yes. Look, <laughs> Sam, you're on notice. I, I, you're a bartender as well. You're welcome on the show anytime. We would love, love to have him on as well. Oh my God, that's great, see, Steve. See, you get mad at me about talking about heels, but then you laugh at the story about a man catching a, a female guest literally on fire. Oh, I actually so didn't. I, I actually didn't even recognize the person's gender. I wasn't even paying attention. He said to it. He, you said it was a woman, didn't you? Right, but I'm I'm colorblind well, to, to, to gender. I'm gender agnostic, and so I just heard right, that. Let's get off. Let's get off. Lit on fire, but you know it's okay, Mike. You gotta always bring it back to the gender roles. <laughs> but, it's me. I know. All right, question number eight. Oh, sex, drugs, great. and rock and roll. Now, this is the. Why did you just switch it back? I already switched. It. I'm sorry. What are you doing right now? And you. Ah. I actually no. It was it was Streamyard. It wasn't me. Horse hockey. All right. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Now, this industry we all know it's close quarters. There's a lot of friction, and it's a party, right? So a lot of times. This industry pops off behind the scenes with the coworkers, with the customers, and sometimes an intermingling pair of customers and coworkers. So tell us how this industry can truly be the epitome of sex, drugs, and rock and roll party yeah. scene. And a little bit of context, too, because if you're just up to episode 25, originally this was just sex stories, the yeah. sexy Lexi. But we realized that we had to capture the other part too. We had yeah. we had to open up the question a little bit because there was a lot of debauchery that goes on yeah. in the industry. We wanted to make sure we we had the uh, opportunity to talk about all those stories. Yeah, that works for me. It's um, yeah. So with sex stories, uh, I'll just blase over it. Sort of, I found people having sex in the keg room. Customers, by the way, not that. <laughs> um, they haven't. Rumors of people having sex in offices and whatnot, but that's not my main one. The one I'm going to go down the line of is drugs. Not drugs on my end. Drugs on a member of my staff. He's still a very, very good friend. I'm not going to name him. He would know exactly who the fuck I'm talking about. A lot of people probably will, but I'll not name him. Um, this is going back to 2018 or so. I had been working in this bar, and at the same time as working this main bar, we were doing an outside event for... Oktoberfest, so it's just a pop-up bar in a 1500 to 2000 capacity tent. So all, all in all, I'd been working my ass off there, been doing shifts at the bar, back and forth. At the end of that week, we were driving from Shrewsbury up to Scotland, which is going to be about seven or eight hour drive. I had left this bartender in question. I said to him, like, you're, you're essentially the assistant manager. You're the person in charge while I'm away. I don't want to hear about the place burning down. I don't want to hear about this. It's just, just phone me. If don't off. cut your finger off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I said, look, just do phone me if there's any issues, but I'm trusting you here. You've, you've done a good job so far. This is a good, this be a good test for you. So we finished up packing up the Oktoberfest stuff, put it in my car, brought it to the, the bar, and that's where my wife was meeting me, and we were going to jump straight in the car and drive up. I got there, and this bartender is just staring at a wall. Behind the bar, facing away from the customers, just like this. I said, what are you doing, mate? You okay? And we had a clock, which wasn't, it was a clock frame, but we'd glued two of the hands together and it just spun constantly. So always at like five o'clock, imagine, just always sitting. And he was just staring at it. He goes, this clock doesn't tell the real time. I was like, yeah, that's right. What, 
the fuck are you on about? And then there was another member of staff there, and I said, what the fuck's wrong with him? Uh, yeah, so he came in about an hour and a half ago, two hours late, and he took a lot of hallucinogenics last night. <laughs> I said, oh, fucking great. So it's these tripping balls right now. He said, another member of staff said, yep. Yeah, Five minutes before you got here, he was holding the door open for guests to come in and greeting him and telling him to take seats. There was no one <laughs> fucking there. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm kidding. This is uh, I will say that the construct of time is one that does get me when I take mushrooms, man. It will- oh, yeah, but if you were tripping out and you didn't realize that the clock was just going, you would like you wouldn't like realize it. Like, is am I really seeing this by yeah. tripping out? Yeah. That yeah. is hilarious. That might have even just like re-sparked his fucking... Oh, exactly. Yeah, I really could have. Yeah, but I got him away from the clock. I sat him down on one of the sofas in the um, staff area. I said, "Are you okay?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm great. Are you?" <laughs> Fuck me. I was like, "I need you to be very careful because I'm leaving you in charge. There's no one fucking us here. Can you do this? Are you going to be okay?" And again, like fucking spacey, spacey answers like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be fine." And he, start, he did seem to be starting to calm down, so I thought, right, I left, I spoke to my bartender, I said, right, I'm going. Please, for the love of God, phone me if he starts tripping balls again. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm coming back. We got maybe about two hours into the drive up, and the bartender phoned me back and said, Mr. Bartender, you've left in charge, he's, um, he's built himself a fort. <laughs> This fucker had found all the old pallets that we'd had from deliveries, cardboard boxes, clothes, oh umbrellas. It built us, ma- like, I've seen the picture, and I was quite impressed, to be fair, but it was this massive fucking <laughs> fort in the staff area, and he had a little hatch where he could pop up and go. <laughs> he was having the fucking time of his life. What was he doing in his fort? I he was protecting the fucking princess or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I was screaming. Oh I was like, right, Holly's off. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back. The, oh. own, the owner of the fucking bar came to the rescue, and he was really sound. He, like always, anyway. And he said, "Like the shit happens. People trip balls oh sometimes." Uh. So he came in and said, "Right, you're you're being relieved of duty. Go home." And he refused to leave. He said, "No, this is my fort. I'm staying here." <laughs> so he, no, the owner said, like, "Right, fuck it. Stay there. Just don't fucking come in." And come down to the bar, and that's that's my story. But he did eventually oh calm the fuck down, came off whatever he was on, and oh fucked off home. That, that is, is incredible. Yeah. I love the hatch so much. Yeah, he's that built. Just makes it so. I, can you imagine me driving, me getting told that, and trying to be angry, but also thinking that's fucking hilarious at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you could have picked up that phone, and so many things could have been said. Mm. But when that person says back to you, "He's built a fort," it's just a particular <laughs> type of like, "What? What did you say?" Yeah, you heard me. He's built a fort. I, it, it, I, I'm, I'm reeling right now. My Honestly, God, it, it took me a long time to forgive him for that. But we, again, I said we are still very good mates. But uh, absolutely. You know incredible. what? You know what? Another another uh, shout out to the anonymous. Uh, do, do, do you have a, a fake name we could use for him? You can call him Shamrock. 
All right, Shamrock, if you ever King Shamrock of 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 the poor room uh castle, uh if you would ever uh like to be on the show and tell what you remember from that evening, you you've got a boiler maker tape. Oh my god. Come on it come on and share that experience with I love the the clock, like that clock doesn't I do also I do also think that if Shamrock is single and not seeing anybody, uh Lydia who's mopping tables would be, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to play Cupid here, but the two of them would be, be quite a pair. Well, match made in heaven. That's absolutely right. Um, I oh. would usually ask you if you had any more. I am going to decide that that shuts down this category. That is, that is, that is an unbelievable story, and I want to let it live on its own. My God, question number nine. <laughs> Bar hazing pranks and games. Now, this is Mike and I's favorite category because we want to hear how you pass the time while you're at work. For example, and, and how you fuck with people. Yeah, for example, yeah. building a fort. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, this is about morale boosting. This is about a little bit of light hazing and fucking with your coworkers. This is about how you keep yourself sane when you are behind the bar. Yeah, I try to use this this uh, question as inspiration for fucking about people moving forward as well. Good. I'm hoping good. I proves to be some inspiration. <laughs> Um, so the towel weapon is always one. I fucking hate it so much, but I still always take part when I've got a towel. Mask. You would hate working with <laughs> you would hate working with me, Mike, and our old buddy Dirty Tom. I'll tell you what. Well, let's let's be honest. You hate getting yeah. That's the part I hate doing yeah, the whipping. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. Yeah, you, you know that's that, why you got to get really good at it. So people, you know, they maintain their distance. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I gave a guy a blood blister one time. I always, you know, get, I always get bruised and blistered <laughs> every fucking time. Yeah, you're like me. We have translucent skin. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're we're a zero on the Fitzpatrick scale. But um uh you do know the ultimate um defense for towel whipping, right? Build a fort and I can't get you. You get <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Now you do need resources for that, but if anybody's being a dick and they're running around towel whipping, all you gotta do, give them a hug. They don't have enough space to get the snap. You just gotta hug them. Uh, well, yeah, you're more like you grapple them, you really. Them. Well, yeah, you call it grapple. I call it killing them with kindness. You, we'll see. When I'm in Baltimore, we'll, we'll have a little test of this, and we'll see how well this works for you. Yeah, I'm going to tackle you to the ground, bitch. I'm going to headbutt <laughs> you, motherfucker. <laughs> Accidentally or for real? <laughs> for real. All right. So towel whipping's a good one. That's a classic. Yeah. Uh, so from a new starter, a go-to I used to have, I don't, I don't know if you have it in the States, but we've got a thing called a Skybox where you get like your digital TV, virgin TV. Sky Sports, Sky Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you yeah, just it's like you, preview, but you pay for it and you get this separate little box. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like it's like it's it's on the bar top. No, so it's how it hooks into the TV, so you can watch. Okay, yeah. Your sports. I gotcha. TV, yeah. Um, my go-to used to always be in the pub was oh, the sky hooks broke, and you go out and get a new one. There's no such thing as a fucking sky hook. But <laughs> I'd have staff go off for fucking ages. Now, what what would you what would you imply that it was? It's the thing that connects the skybox to the TV. Yeah, so the sky hook it hooks it to the cloud. That's how that's where the, the oh. data. Comes from. Uh, so they're running around looking running for around, a sky hook, asking over exist. bars, over pubs, going to hardware stores trying to find it. Yeah, yeah. Are they just like up looking at like the pubs? <laughs> no, no, no. outside. I would get on Pub Watch and I'd be like, somebody's yeah, stolen the skyhook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nine nine yeah. Sierra, Sierra Skyhook. Yeah. ASAP. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I I love these because we we've we've heard this this same type of joke. I mean, this go that this is not just the bar industry. This is 
you're in shop class and you know you have to go get the board yeah. stretcher because you cut the board too short. Yeah. But I love that we keep getting different ones. <laughs> so, and, I yeah. I, yeah. I love the new ones, but also, you know what this category has really become for me? It's just validation. I love mm. how everybody comes on this show and goes, oh, yeah, I fuck with people. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. have <laughs> with me. It's part of this. It's just it's just validating to know that it truly is part of this business. Yeah. One, one of the twists, um, Rob does it all when he was on the show, and he he used this same uh, setup as a as a way to teach people. Yeah. Um, to where he would he wouldn't say because the the sky hook that I love it I love those or the martini dryer because the person has the opportunity to think the situation through and be like, oh, okay, that's you're fucking with me, right? That's not a really I real thing. Exist, There's no right? fucking sky hook that goes into a cloud, and it, it kind of gives them the opportunity to to not get pranked if they're mm-hmm. thinking about it. But what Rob would do is he would send them down for a bottle of whiskey or something. That's that real. Stock. That's real. So it's for a example, real bottle of whiskey, a but thirty they don't year bush mills, thirty year bush mills. So, but we don't sell thirty year bush mills. So they'll be down there for fifteen or twenty minutes looking through everything. But he does it kind of to haze and fuck with the person. But he also does it to where you spend fifteen twenty minutes down there looking at oh, every different type of alcohol. Yes, uh, yes. I thought you sent to shop the. Right. No no no. no, 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 just down in the storeroom. So, so when they're like, okay. "Well, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it." It's like, "Well, what did we have?" And then they start listing all the stuff. So yeah. it's actually a, like, like I, I have this, I have really- this, I have this, I have this. And he goes, "Good. Now you know what whiskey you have." By the way, we don't carry Bushmills thirty. You fucking <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to work. That's that's really good. That's actually great. Fantastic. Yeah. So you can use that in. in uh, well, I guess you're down to just Saturdays, but that's a great little manager's trick. Yeah. Um. To you know, in a fun way, Hayes would teach as well, and we really did like that one. All right, any other ones that yeah, keep the morale these are, ones I, these are ones I do every single fucking Saturday about Phil. Let's go. If there are two of us in the bar, or if another bartender's sat on the other side and is quiet, and some customers leave and say, oh, thank you, I will shout. As they're about to get over the fresh over the door, I will shout, oh, wait, sorry, excuse me, and then duck behind the bar. So when they turn around, they just see my colleague stood there like, <laughs> so that's almost like a double whammy for me because I fuck with yeah, the customers. The and I fuck. <laughs> yes, that is really good. Yeah. That's really good. That's and th- literally no one is harmed in the making of this. Yeah, exactly. It's no harm. It's you know? fun. Yeah, and another one that's is just I mispronounce drinks on purpose. Uh, like someone orders points to the menu, so like it says a daiquiri, and they point out oh, now this. I said, yeah, one one dariaki, no problem, or. <laughs> Uh, Mojito or a Nedroni. Nedroni. <laughs> yeah. Just because a, a little bit of me hopes that they'll go to another bar and they'll ask, oh, can I get strawberry teriyaki? Or daiquiri? <laughs> you are diabolical, sir. Dude, we just had a bartender quit. He, um, uh, this past weekend, right? And I'm going to save his quitting story for the next question. I won't tell you what happened because it's pretty epic. But in honor of him, I have to tell you his favorite prank to do. Um, so he, he's not, he's a very mellow guy, right? He's not, you know, never stressed, super calm, really not the person you'd ever think would prank really a coworker or be explicit with a prank. Mm-hmm. But his favorite prank is mental espionage. Exactly what you're talking about. Slowly sub subverting somebody with bad information so that they go a little bit crazy. Right. Yeah. And one of the things he used to love to do is he would get to a table to serve that table and a song would be playing. And it would be like, I don't know, it would be like, uh, you know, Hey Jude by the Beatles. And he'd be like, oh my God, I love Tom Petty. You know, it's just, <laughs> That's exactly it, you know, like it's, 
Yeah. Oh god, that would that would drive. And he'd just be like, he'd start singing the song. He'd be like, he's like, man, you know what's what's? I'm trying to think of a Tom Petty song. Um, what's the one John Mayer covered? Yeah, free falling. Free falling, right? So. I, I, my brain's just not working. Um, and he'd be like, man, I love Free Fallen by Tom Petty. I think it's his favorite song, but he'd be singing, hey, Jude. And the people at the table, people at the table would just be like, what is this fucking, this is a Beatles song, dude. It's hey, Jude. He's like, no, nah, I think you're wrong. I think it's Tom Petty. I think it's that. He'd just walk away. And just I the love fury. Like mental espionage. I used to just yes. like, fucking people are getting inside their head and living Yes, yes. But another well, one I do is when people leave, when they say like, bye, thanks. Just like loud enough so they can hear me, but quiet enough so they'll question themselves. Just say, love you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're like 10 miles down the road and the next town on the train home, whatever. And then they're going to go, that bartender said that he loved me. <laughs> like, you know what? I, I, I love him too. I, I got to go back there. I got to go see this guy. I might try that That's one incredible. Tonight. That's going to be Dude, good. You, yeah. you, you and Dirty Tom would get along really, oh, really well. Oh my God, you guys would hit it off. There's so many... Uh, Guys, actually, I'm getting you. They kind of look alike too, just a little <laughs> bit. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? I'm getting some of the same manner, same mannerisms too. But uh, I think you guys would really, you would hit it off. You have a similar. Yeah, yeah. No, those, those are great. Man. I love that you fuck with the customers too. Yeah. That is that's incredible. Yeah. All right. Any any other ones you want to share before we move to the final category of the gauntlet? No, let's do it. All right. All right. You have done an incredible job, my friend. We are finally come to question number ten. Firing and quitting stories, a.k.a. Getting 86. Damn straight. Um, so this isn't one of mine. I've never really quit on bad terms or left or been fired. Somehow it's a fucking asshole. But <laughs> this is one I've heard from the person who actually took over for me as a manager of the pub in London. He'd been drinking on shift. Everyone fucking knew. He was fucking about. He's just being a liability. So the boss pulled him to one side, well, not even one side, during service, during the day. He was working on himself by himself. The boss pulled him over and he said, look, we need to talk about what you're doing here. In this guy's head, he was like, I'm getting fired. So he proceeded to serve two Jack Dines and Cokes to the customers that were in the toilet, I think it were. That's what he said, anyway. Um, the boss is saying, look, it's just not working. You know, I pay you a lot of money to do this. You're not boosting any sales and not doing any promotions, blah, 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 blah. The guy comes around the bar, he sits down right in front of wherever those two JD and Cokes are. The boss is like, what are you doing? He downs both Jack Daniels and Cokes, sets them down, says, just wash them for me, mate, will you? And leaves. <laughs> and that was him. That was him quitting. <laughs> and I thought, that has got some fucking balls to do that. Jesus <laughs> Christ. So when you, what you were saying is as the boss is actually pulling him aside, he's making these he's making his own fucking drink. Him on the bar. Yeah. But wow. when, when, I, when the boss told me this, he made it seem like, because there were customers in, so I thought, oh, it makes sense just making drinks and he's going to. Right, right. But no, he's, oh my he, he God. poured drink, he stole from the boss in front of him, put him down, downed him, and then told the boss to wash him, wash the glasses. Good yeah, he didn't him. even. He didn't just make one drink. Lost. He made two <laughs> drinks. What? And only and only because he doesn't have three hands. I'm, I'm sure. sure. That's exactly uh, it, yeah. But uh, what 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 brought him to that breaking point that that pushed him uh, to do that? I don't think he was overly enjoying it. Um, I mean, he enjoyed it when I was there. We were getting on well. But I think you know, the boss. It was difficult to work for, and I think you know you had you had to know the right way to speak to the boss and yeah 
just so you don't poke the bear as such. Whereas this guy obviously didn't learn that quick enough and probably got pissed off very quick about. But if it's not for him, it's not for him. And I think he had quite an epic. I mean, that story is probably going to go down for quite a while in that pub. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and now on this podcast, because that is, as Steve has said before, that's middle finger. Yeah, that's that's a gigantic fuck you. It's all, I'm out of here. It's also just so like it's so badass, man. It's like dropping <laughs> the mic and walking off stage. That's it. And this guy, he was never he never came yeah. across to me as like this badass or as guy like you don't fuck him. He's just like a relatively normal guy. Yeah. And when I heard this, I thought, fuck, I've got a lot more respect for him now. So th- this is a great, this is actually a fantastic transition to the quitting story that I wanted to share with you guys. That ju- I, I was going to say, do you, are you sure you don't want to save that for a Boilermaker tape? No, it's not enough. There's not enough substance to make it a whole big story. Right, go on, go but I think on, it really complements the one you just told very well, where it's, um, it kind of comes out of nowhere, right? So I work at DOS. We all know about DOS Beer Hall. We talk about it on the show. We had a bartender that's worked there since we opened. I mean, he's a staple. We all love him. He's a good guy. He is one of these people that nobody has a bad opinion about. I mean, I'm somebody that people have a lot of bad opinions about and hopefully a lot of good ones. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm a controversial person because you're, com- you're complex. Dude. No, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So you either love me or you hate me. Right. But the thing is, this is one of those guys that everybody likes. Right. Nobody has a bad word to say about him. He does good work. He's quiet. You know, he keeps himself. He's mellow. He's super laid back. He's fun. All those good things. Right. Well, uh, he and I are working this past uh, Saturday morning, and you know he comes in for a shift. He's on time. He starts working. He's serving his table. It's not a particularly busy Saturday. Nothing popping off. Totally normal, right? It's the first Saturday of college football. People are kind of watching the games and you know eating and drinking and whatnot. And uh, he's about two or three hours into his shift, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go have a cigarette." I'm like, "Cool, man, no problem. I'll watch your section." Watch walks outside. He's out there for about ten minutes. Comes back in. Kind of is getting resituated back behind the bar, you know, like putting his lighter down and whatnot. And he goes, I think I'm gonna quit. <laughs> and we were like, we were like, what? He's like, Yeah, you know, I was outside smoking a cigarette and I thought to myself, I'm over it. <laughs> and we were like, we were like, huh? And he's like, Yeah. He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna quit. And we're like, Oh, he's he's being funny, right? He's fucking with us. Right. right. So we're all like, Yeah, we're gonna quit too, dude. Like, <laughs> we got you, bro. Let's all walk out, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, you know, when Ryan comes in, I'm just gonna tell him I'm done. And uh, and we're we're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. Ryan comes walking in, our GM, maybe about five, ten minutes later, and he just goes, hey, Ryan, today's my last day. And we and Ryan's like, yeah, sure, me too, man. <laughs> we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> yeah, we're all good. Because we were like, we were like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I, you know, I was just, I was standing out there having a cigarette, and I thought to myself, I'm over it. <laughs> he just quit right there on the spot. But this is why it reminds me of your story. He tells Ryan, this is going to be my last day. Now we're still in the middle of the shift. He's only a couple hours into that shift. And he goes, hey, listen, you should probably cut me as soon as possible because I'm going to start drinking. And I think that in the next hour, I'm going to be fucking piss wasted, right? So he he was polite enough to tell Ryan, you probably, not only is this my last day, you should probably cut me quickly because <laughs> at, now that I've made this decision, I'm going to start aggressively consuming alcohol <laughs> and so we cut him like 20 minutes later and that's it he's done he doesn't work there anymore <laughs> all of his all of his shifts for the next two weeks are up for pickup right now i picked up a few of them and uh pretty wild man like it was that's just literally out of nowhere right um i don't know your story kind of reminded me of that and i just thought it was 
maybe a little more polite on uh, my friend's end, but uh, still just as blunt and direct. It was, yeah. it was pretty crazy. Yeah, and out of out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't mean to steal the last uh, the last category here. I've just been dying to share that one. Do you have any other eighty six stories for us? No, I guess maybe. All right. I think we can yeah, officially hard, hard to beat that one anyway. I think we can officially put a kibosh on the gauntlet. Bravo, my friend. Well done, sir. An amazing job. Yep. Ringing applause from all the audience, uh, all the wonderful barflies listening. Wow, that was a ton of fun. I'm just like I'm trying to remember like all of the different stories we just told. I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen to this one more than a few times. Mike, love where your head's at. We usually call it our cleanup, but today we're going to call it our clean down for our friends out in the UK. So this is where you get to take over the show. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Let's just start here. What other bartenders need to be on the show? Recommend us some people that you know that um, would really crush the gauntlet. I know we kind of teased Sam and his yeah, fire so spitting ways, but uh, yeah, who so else? There's another guy. He's, he's from Shrewsbury. Just been trying to catch him over the last couple of days to ask him if he'd be up for it. Um, his name's Ash Till. He's a he's a shit hot bartender. Been bar managing a few different places, really cool different bars. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna catch him over the weekend. I'll uh, tell him to hit you up. It's been thrown down. Yep, love to have him on. And uh, so obviously, we talked a lot about Shrewsbury. A little bit about your time in London, but give us some recommendations, food, drink, places to go, places to see. And it doesn't need to be in Shrewsbury. It can be, mm -hmm. you know, even just somewhere you like to travel, but give us some food and beverage recommendations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll stick to one over your side for now. Um, New York City, you got the Dead Rabbit Bar. It's got to be up there, one of my most favorite bars I've ever been to in my life. It's not the cheapest. Well, it might be the cheapest. It's, I don't know what prices are usually like over there. Uh, we went a few years ago. We paid, about, I think it's $18 per cocktail. Yeah, pretty. That's, that's New pretty, York. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. New York. No, that's not. That's yeah, not no, fair, fair. Massively. Yeah, but yeah. You, I'm sure you could get. Uh, you don't. You wouldn't pay that everywhere. You can. Yeah. I'm just saying. You can. Actually, we paid for the experience. We knew yeah. exactly the, yeah. the history behind. Well, even the history is quite new, but the the uh, story. Uh, of the story the, behind of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead rabbit. I have not. I have not heard of them. So that's a. It's do a you cool remember place. where in New York it was by chance? South Manhattan. Uh, okay, so Grant. It might have been Greenwich. Greenwich or Fidei or somewhere yeah, down yeah. there. Yeah. So it's yeah. split over a few levels. Bottom floor is like your traditional Irish pub. Next floor, you've got the, the actual cocktail bar, and the, the cocktails are out of this world. And the, the whole team there, over the, not over the top, friend, that sounds bad. Really on it. But if you want to speak, they'll speak to you all night. If you want it to be left alone and enjoy a drink, they'll let you do that. And they'll always give you uh, Irish coffee to leave with. Hmm. That's oh, so well. cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Really That's cool a bar. great little oh, sh shout out, Dead Rabbit. Great That's little nice. Um, all right. Before we move on to our final questions of the show, I just want to hear your thoughts on you know just the bartending profession. You know, any is there anything is there anything we missed in the gauntlet yeah. that you want to get off your chest here? Um, might have already been mentioned this. Someone else might mention this before, but because you've got like the greatest fuck ups and mistakes, but maybe if you had what's your greatest achievements or your biggest that was a fucking epic night moment something like that yeah ah uh, that's good i like that it, 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 it's it's the, these europeans are just more optimistic than us I, uh J, jt also came on and he was like he was like yeah i love the show but he's like it's so negative yeah. like, <laughs> to inject some more positivity yeah. in here. i think it'd be I a actually, nice one even just to break it up because that's why with my 
memorable customers. I didn't go for a crazy one. I thought I'll give a nice one just to kind of break it up a little bit. Well, you know, we have so many categories now that have two sides to a coin, right? Yeah. Best and worst tips, right? Um, ratchet and crazy customers, memorable customers. I think it's very simple. We could just add ultimate mistakes yeah. and fuck ups or, yeah. or greatest yeah. victories or achievements. Tell me, yeah. tell me about, uh, tell me about your highlight reel. Tell me about when you were just slinging, yeah. you know, some night and you're really proud. I of like it. that. That's a, that's a really good suggestion. I, I appreciate that. Um, and honestly, if you have time to do a shift drink, maybe you could share one of those stories with us. That would for be all great, of our yeah. wonderful Patreon members. Yeah. Well, we're going to try to coax them into that. We've already had taken up, an, you know, seven and, hours and of his time. I, well, yeah, that is true. <laughs> that, two days of recording. I, I know these episodes get so long and we truly appreciate you all listening, but like it's hard to try and shorten them because you don't want to leave any of these stones unturned. Man, it's just, there's too many good I've stories. I have these questions for what two three weeks and i've really condensed it down Try yeah it. yeah because i'm sure yeah we could probably today. do a six hour episode yeah, even when i was driving today i thought Fuck, that'll be a good question but no no, no a good answer sorry but, but no i'll stick with what i got just go with that but there's you forget things as well when you've been in around different bars and so no long. doubt mm-hmm. no doubt Kemba, yeah. i'll tell you this uh the way that this show's gonna go is a year you know a couple years down the road if we have the pleasure to still be doing this and we can really um, get the budget together to travel a little bit. What I'd love to start doing is, um, you know, the, the, the re BRT or the re BRP where we take some of the people that have been on the show and we go back through and go to like, their town. This is and, what and you said. This is what your answer was. Is it still the same now? Yeah. Or is there yeah, another I'd story you have? I think me. that would just be I'd so love much fun. To do that. And, and I'd you, you kind of get an update of what's happened in their service yeah. career since then. But yeah. All right. That's 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 where we're trying to take it. Let's move to our final question. Uh, no, no. One, one, one. We got one left uh, for the clean down here. Oh. Any plugs? Any yes. any projects yes, yes, you're yes, working yes. on? Any friends or anything else that you just want to give a shout out to? Yeah. While you have uh, have some platform. Here? Um. Yeah. So as I mentioned, my friend Charlie's doing his t-shirts and uh, graphic yeah. designs. Definitely, I'll, I'll share a link with you guys if you want. You can put them on your stories or something. We'll put it on. We'll put it on the episode description for this. Yeah. Episode. Perfect. Yep. Uh, yeah, hit him up. He's got he's got some really good ideas and, and good designs coming up. Um, and apart from that, I mean, personal projects is nothing really I've got going on. I've just I keep an eye out for inspiration. Without stealing ideas, I look at what bars are doing and think, what could I do different to improve what they're doing? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. not, not judging or stealing. Just taking a, a step back if you and having that yeah. third eye to it. Allowing yourself sure. to be inspired by uh, other creativity. I think that's great. That's what makes this industry so fun uh, as a as its own community, right? Yeah. We're all yeah. kind of trying to improve on what's come before us and some of these other drinks people are working on. Yeah. But yeah, and also you say you don't have any other personal project. I mean, wife, child. <laughs> oh, you know, I thought you meant work. Two, it's two jobs. I understand, yeah. but I gonna, just mean that, you know. Is he going to plug his kid? And my kid's the best. <laughs> your baby Why not? Sucks. Why not? Yeah. Why not? My baby's better than your baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got a baby. She's starting to learn to crawl. Yep. Five months old. Absolutely fucking beautiful. We'll We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you because once she learns to walk, then you got to chase, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good luck, my friend. Thank All you. right. Final questions. It's our tip out, but we're going to call it the tip off. Uh, <laughs> as we uh, bring this wonderful show to an end, Kempo, it has been an absolute blast. Uh, we have two final parting questions for you. The first one, and we say it a little bit tongue in cheek, but I think you'll understand as a longtime industry vet, why do you still do this? AKA, why do you fucking hate yourself? Fucking love it. 
I hate it at that time when you're stuck on a Saturday night, six deep for seven hours, and you've already you're, you're on a twelve hour shift. You Just fucking, trying to swim. You fucking yeah. hate it. You shout at your colleagues. You argue with your colleagues. You might break glasses and, and blame everyone else. There's all this weird and annoying shit that goes on. Then you sit down at the end of the night. You crack open a lukewarm beer and say, "Fuck it." I'm sorry for what I said behind the weeds, but we all did a great job tonight. It just builds relationships. It builds families, I think, as well. You know, like, a coworker can very quickly become a brother or a sister. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's wild, man. It's uh, we have compared this industry to so many different things on the show, but but really, it's like when you go through something that's like shared adversity. Mm-hmm. You know, when even if it even if it does feel like, hey, we're just busy at work. When you go through shared adversity, especially on a regular basis, over and over and over again, and you keep finding a way to get out of it, there is psychologically something that that binds those people together. There becomes mm-hmm. this connective tissue, and it's mm-hmm. it's really special. Well, and also with the question number nine, uh, hazing brings to games. It's one of the reasons why it's one of our favorite questions because those are the kind of things that you do to make the whole experience worth yeah. it to have yeah. be able to have fun with your co-workers to have fun with the customers and you know in those times when you when you have the time to do it to just enjoy where you're at and enjoy being around the people that that you're spending your time yeah with. we we once talked on dirty tom's episode about how you know i'm sure given the right circumstances mike and i would be friends dirty tom and i would be friends dunwoody and i would be friends but the fact of the matter is the, we all worked in restaurants together. It made it a lot easier. That yeah. became this this conduit that just kind of like you know cemented us together. So um, yeah, it's 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 a special thing. Mike, why don't you take us home? Final question of the show. All right, Kempo. If you opened up a bar, what or a pub rather? If you opened up a pub, what would you call it, or what would the theme be? Um, so it would uh, it would definitely be like a neighborhood cocktail bar. I don't want to go anything too fancy. I wouldn't do any hot meals. It would be your drinks and meat boards, cheese boards, olives and bread, stuff like that. Just some simple stuff we can whack out just to line people's stomachs or absorb the alcohol. I think when you when you start involving food, it can get a bit messy. And there's also I don't know enough about that side of things really to start it. But yeah, as far as the name goes, I have no idea. But it wouldn't be Campos put it that way. Uh, theme again just a trendy little place where people go for an after work drink maybe stay all night and just have a good time and they build friendships and communities from whatever spot they've got and there'd be no pina coladas or fucking no pina coladas no pina coladas (laughs) yes bring me no pina coladas sorry (laughs) (laughs) you never heard that song bring me two pina coladas no I have not heard that song really you know okay. the the I think most people associate pina coladas with the no. other pina. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, I, but I I couldn't think of a, a way to say you know. in the rain. <laughs> if you don't like pina coladas, okay, <laughs> yeah. can we just move on? Kembo, <laughs> what a blast! Anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here? Just keep going out and enjoying your nights, and don't be a dick. Or we're putting you on pub watch. That's All it. right, bar flies. <laughs> what a time it was. Tune in for the next episode. Give Kempo a lot of love. Uh, Make sure we give uh, some love to his friend who's designed these really cool shirts. And as always, fuck off. 
Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening along, and thanks for drinking along. We really hope you enjoyed the show. That was a fucking blast. Kept a fucking- Can I just say something? If you didn't enjoy that show, there's something wrong with you. There really is something <laughs> wrong with you. That was unbelievable. Uh, if you did, we release new episodes. Um, and also, thank you to some of our other collaborators, Trauma Parlor. If you're listening to their song right now, please go check them out on Facebook. Go sh- uh, listen to them on Spotify and show those guys some love. Yeah, that song is called Fast One. It's a badass song. Please support them. And if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at BRP Drink Along. You can listen along anywhere you get your podcast just by searching The Bartender Rant Podcast. Super simple. Please subscribe, rate, and review, guys. This is the best way to help us grow the show and reach new listeners. The more ratings and reviews, the faster we climb up the charts. And plus, Mike and I really need the personal validation. Yeah. Uh, don't forget. <laughs> I really do love doing this podcast. It's oh, so just read fun. the fucking script. <laughs> don't forget. Read Be sure to check out the BRP playlist on our Spotify profile. You can find the link in the description. Uh, but most importantly, we've got the BRP Industry Night playlist, which all of the bartending guests that we have on get to pick three songs, and they're all added chronologically, so you can go and see what some of your favorite bartenders' yeah. uh, music taste is like. Yeah, you can kind of connect with them, get a little bit of a hey, peek stick, inside stick to the fucking script. Do you want some kick-ass <laughs> show merch? Of course you do! Check out all of our amazing swag. The link is in the show description and on our Instagram. And if you just want to hang out with Mike and me, join us the first Monday of every month for our virtual industry night happy hour. We're going to have some drinks. You can meet some fellow bar flies. You can listen to the guest bartender playlist that Mike just mentioned. And you can tell Mike and I how much we suck at podcasting. Make sure to follow us on social media for all of those links. I usually post them a day or two uh, before the, uh, the first Monday of every month. Now, and sometimes the time is wrong. But now, for all of you shit talkers out there, it's your turn on the mic. We've set up a bartender hotline called the Suggestion Box. And this is where you can air your grievances, tell your stories, or just rant about the bullshit that you put up with at your bar. Just dial 423-P-O-D-R-A-N-T and drop us a line. Mike and I will play the best of the bunch and react to your crazy stories on a new bonus segment that we call the Suggestion so next time the bar business has you saying, fuck me, just dial 423-P-O-D-R-A-N-T. That's right, Steve. And if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Ramp podcast on Patreon. Uh, we just had an incredible shift drink uh, with Kempo. Uh, Check it out. It was really, really good. Um, you'll get access to all of the bonus content that we have available, um, and it just helps us continue to just you know grow the show. Uh, so please check that out if you're interested. Absolutely. And if you want to be a big tipper, a.k.a. one of our bozels, feel free to leave a tip under on PayPal under the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we'll list you as one of our executive producers and you'll get your name and your drink of choice shouted out during halftime. So if you if for whatever reason you skip through that shame on you, go back, listen to halftime. It's actually a fun little mid mid uh role plug that we got going on there for all of our wonderful executive producers just name them quickly mike senior chandler leah brandon leo <laughs> javier and regina grace just kidding brandon love you buddy um but look mike and i do this because we love the industry and we want to bring you great content but this is not our day job with your help we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast And as always, don't just listen along, 
drink along. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you, if you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast, and we want you to stick around, and Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you, and we'll see you on the next episode. Before we get back into it, uh, can I tell you a couple uh, Irish jokes, if, if you won't get offended? Yeah, you go. Right. Here we go. So um, you probably so, will get offended. So how many potato? <laughs> how many potatoes does it take to kill an Irishman? Two. None. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, have you have you heard about the gay Irish couple, Gerald Fitzpatrick and Patrick Fitzgerald? <laughs> and then uh, the last one I know is uh, how do you know you're at an Irish funeral? Good. There's one less drunk. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will, I will all, right. <laughs> all right. The potato uh, one is my favorite. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Too soon. Too soon. It is a, it is, it is a pretty good thing.